0: Wrestling keeps the <laughs>
1: Fourth the July, everyone out there, this is the man, the Macho Man, Randy Savage. I'm going to pass it to Dane and Chris and start the show. Oh, yeah. Kick it. Thank you, Ghost of Macho Man, Randy Savage. We have another amazing episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance for you guys today. Took an off week last week. Not a lot of news. Some Something about a cell and they're being hell involved with it. Um, you know, other things along those lines, but... Uh, I had some stuff that I had to get to, but we got a big 4th of July, while we record it, show for you guys. We're going to be going over all the wrestling and comments of, of ignorance and comments of, of wonder from wrestlers all over the industry. And I couldn't do this by myself. I got Christopher Brother Ray Patton with me today, like always. Happy 4th, good sir.
0: Happy 4th to you and all the listeners out there, man. It's... Uh... I I feel 100 times better than I felt yesterday, and I'm so excited to talk about wrestling with you. It seems like forever when we take a week off, man. It really does. It makes me sad inside.
1: I feel you, and um, unfortunately, we got to start off with something that makes us sad inside, Uh, You know, kind of fitting being the weekend of the 4th and us recording on the 4th of July. We unfortunately uh, lost another wrestler, uh, Del Wilkes a.k.a. the Patriot, passed away this last Wednesday at age 59. Um, You know, I remembered uh, Dell with his uh, rivalry right before. I think he went to WCW with Bret Hart. Um, And I really enjoyed him, and then he kind of fell off the map. Uh, Unbeknownst to me, I'm pretty sure he made a uh, steady career over in All Japan and New Japan. And, uh, you know, as someone that stood for patriotism and – well, obviously, he was the Patriot and kept that gimmick going for a while. Uh, just an RIP to a a I, I would say, a smaller name in the industry. Obviously, if you didn't uh, watch during that specific time of the Monday Night Wars, you might have, uh, you know, he might have gone under your radar. But a great wrestler, nonetheless, and a great personality. So, uh, Chris, any stories about Del Wilkes, the Patriot?
0: I do have some stories about Del Wicks. Uh, I actually met him as a child, when a small child. He was doing some WCW spot shows in uh, Gainesville at the Gainesville Civic Center or Convention Center, whatever you want to call it, uh, which is downtown Gainesville near Jesse Joel Parkway. Uh, home of AJ Styles.
1: And, uh, started, man.
0: and they had this like T-shirt cannon, which they also used for uh, Johnny B. Bad, if you remember him. I can't I can't think of his wwe name now for the mark life marrow of mark marrow um and they were shooting shit out of this t-shirt cannon i got one of his little masks when i was a kid which was really <laughs> was like kind of a fun thing you know as a patriot but the patriot itself the gimmick is like started with jerry lawler drawing a cartoon um basically making his own captain america did you know this
1: i did not so he was the man behind the gimmick did uh Del fight in um, Tennessee, or was this while Jerry was in WWE? So this is 1971,
0: and multiple people had had the Patriot gimmick, but Del Wilkes oh. is the only person that really looked like the Patriot because he was definitely a, a body guy and, and a proficient worker. I wouldn't say he's like anything that would blow your wig back or anything. But as a kid, I remember you know those days, the them spot shows or the Saturday night, uh, was it uh, Sunday night? what was the wcw one sunday night main event or or saturday night whatever wcw's yeah. weekend gimmick was he was always on those kind of like house shows and i saw a bunch of those as a kid because they did a ton of them in gainesville um like yeah like fond memories especially as a kid getting that mask and putting that thing on i felt like a million bucks man so i only have positive thoughts on dane will uh, dan dan wilkes and uh sending good vibes out to his friends and family and he just seems like a good guy you don't really ever hear anyone say anything negative about the guy and that's uh that's a that's always a good thing in the wrestling
1: business yep so like normally we'll do our 10 second salute for del wilkes to patriot r.i.p All right, um, let's start off this show. Chris, do you want to go over the shows of the week, or do you want to go over the news first? I'm letting you pick.
0: Let's be Rebels. Let's do news first. We've done it last uh, the past couple times. So, All
1: right, nothing really is that substantial, I will admit, with the news. But, you know, hey, some of this stuff, uh, just good talking points, I will say. I'm going to start off with a really cool news item that I sent you. Um that basically, Onita uh, is open to a match with AEW's John Moxley. Uh, the quote basically said that, you know, he wanted to have a couple last matches, and his quote exactly was, "I want to sh- show American fans my original explosion match. I sometimes feel like I have to. American Deathmatch fans." have been disappointed twice, first with the explosion deathmats in C- CZW back in 2017, and second with AEWs. At the time of the CZW shows, maybe because of costs, CZW said, we don't need Japanese engineers, don't worry, leave it to us. And I believe them. I sent cheery messages to both Kenny Omega and John Moxley, but AEW did their preparations for their explosion match on their own, and i wasn't able to be involved in it however i was disappointed that the fans were disappointed and i felt responsible partially john Mar- Mac- moxley uses my theme music when he's in a tag team said onita thank you moxley i think if he has a spirit of Jado, evil ways we might stand in the ring someday it would be interesting wouldn't it the idea of moxley versus onita deathmatch is certainly dream match territory and you can bet the house on the fact that it is possible moxley would want to do it and so would i whoa um i mean i don't know if if this is a good enough match and onita really is involved in the explosive concept If this is going to be more like the uh the stuff from his previous promotion over in japan this could be a really good outing for onita if you wanted to do that um you know, if, if he's down for a match, he's definitely beat up. There's no trying to get away from that. His age and the matches that he's been a part of in the past are absolutely brutal. But what better person to share the ring with, possibly one more last time, than John Moxley? I mean, if you're not going to do someone like, you know, Nick Gage, who we talked about, um, or say, you know, any, any of the guys that were some of the big ones that came out of CCW, uh, whether Sammy Callahan, you know, I think that John Moxley is that guy. And I do think that Moxley would be like, yeah, let's fucking do this on a heartbeat. He'd do it tomorrow and he's on baby duty right now. He'd probably be like, hey, baby, sorry, you got to carry this kid for a little while. I'm going to go fight Onita. So I don't know what promotion it would be for, but I would like to see actually AEW hold it and actually let Onita show them the ropes, if you will. And have a redeeming explosive match, you know. I think they can work around Onita's age, and still have a pretty damn good last match, if you will. Um, but what do you think about this, Chris? You know, Onita's a legend, and he still looks great, you know, appearance-wise. We know that he's probably hurting really badly, but if Onita wants to do one last explosive death match with John Moxley as his opponent. Do you think AEW should jump on that immediately?
0: I don't know, man. I, I feel like this is a Japan match, right? Like this is a Moxley, maybe even all Japan match more so than New Japan. Um, but I'm down for it. I would love to see it. If AEW could do it right, I'd love to see it. And they brought him in. Didn't they bring him in for the promos leading up to that uh, barb- explosive barbed wire match with Omega?
1: Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong, maybe I'm just remembering incorrectly, but I thought he was in the audience. Maybe I'm thinking of Greg the Hammer Valentine with the strap match, but I, I could have sworn Onita was there for the actual match.
0: You might be right on this. I definitely remember him. It's kind of a weird time because of COVID, so I don't know if he was able to get over from Japan or not during that time period, but I definitely remember he was on the video packages because, uh, man, that... That guy's just got a mean look to him. <laughs> you can say what he say what you want about his in ring stuff. Like when he went to New Japan, I know a lot of guys kind of looked down on Anita because of the style of wrestling he had, but the the guy is a fucking myth and legend in his own right. Um it, have you ever watched the documentaries The Wrestlers They Put on Vice?
1: Uh no. You've told me about it. I need to go back and watch them. Okay. So- if if I do recall watching an episode with Darby Allen ethan page and more about evolve wrestling before they got bought out by wwe but i don't know if that was that specific documentary so there's like
0: a czw indie hardcore wrestling episode and onita just no-showed czw (laughs) so it's funny to hear him bury czw again (laughs) um but that happens in the documentary i highly recommend everyone go watch those it's it's kind of just a wrestling fan Going to these different places. One of the most mind opening, and I think I've talked about it on the show, is like he goes to um, God. I want to say like South America to watch catch wrestling and voodoo wrestling, which was I I didn't even know existed, but is a thing. Uh, which uh, apparently Alexa Bliss is the queen at. But <laughs> it's uh, oh, yeah, God. it's weird. Anita Anita is a uh, is an interesting character. I would love to see him and Moxley have a match. I I don't know if it fits into what AEW would have in. In their plans but moxley seems to be down to wrestle anywhere so you know why not gcw or you know if you can do one big match in all japan or, or something and make it make sense that'd be really cool and uh you're 100 right moxley'd be like hey
1: hold my baby let's <laughs>
0: have this match
1: <natural> <laughs> renee reads the headlines like ah oh, crap all right well i guess i'm gonna be dealing with the kid for a while
0: uh, Renee Young is my one of my favorite people on Twitter now that <laughs> she's not for, with WWE anymore because she posts the, the funniest shit. She's like, just made eggs with a baby on my hip, feeling pretty amazing right now.
1: <laughs> she's my spirit animal, man. I love Renee. I, I love Renee, and I hope,
0: like, if she ever wants to come back to the wrestling business, I hope they pay her a bazillion fucking dollars because she's great.
1: All right, man, let's go from Mr. Onita possibly going against John Moxley, to something that people were talking about. Uh, Vince McMahon, he went to the Performance Center this last, I believe, Thursday to check out some talent. The last time he was there, I believe he was big up on Cal Bloom, uh, which is he's been a security guard. That's the most he's done so far since being there, but you see him a lot doing that. He looks a lot like Edge, and he is... Uh, child to one of the Beverly brothers I forgot which one uh but you know he does this but we know now Bronson Reed lost the North American championship and we'll get into that when we go over NXT um but Bronson Reed uh Karrion Kross Scarlett and Chutsey Blackheart have been you know doing some stuff on main event I know a lot of people aren't happy about this concept but this is how it is and I know a lot of us are worried about people to a degree. I mean, Damian Priest came back after I don't know how many weeks off uh, to lose in the Battle Royal to get himself in the uh, Money in the Bank. We know what happened with Keith Lee and the issues with WWE trying to pursue uh, his name, um, basically trying to copyright it while he's trying to do the same thing. Um, you know, it's, it's whenever call-ups happen – you do have some people that get past that, but as of recently, it hasn't been the best track record. And sometimes, sometimes you can be a undefeated monster with the women's championship and be running away from dollies and mirrors. So, you know, uh, Vince being there, I think, puts everyone on their toes uh, to perform well. I don't know if we really find out any information of what he thought about this. Maybe uh, Dave has some insiders on that, but uh, just interesting. Uh, I am worried about those four members of talent because apparently they split up uh, cross and Scarlett and had them individual in matches. Um, Don't know. I feel about that. Didn't have her coming out with cross. They didn't do the grand um, entrance that they're known for. Uh, part of that though production wise, is fitting them on the actual stage of the bigger shows and trying to figure out different perspectives. So main event is kind of your, your place to mess with the talent and try to like get them ready, if you will. But well, how do you feel about this, Chris? You got four people that are probably going to be called up. I would assume Caring Cross maybe just stays retired with the belt. I, I don't know. Maybe he loses. Um, I don't think Argano is gonna be that person but scarlet shotzi Blackheart, who I think is actually is a good person to add on to either roster honestly and uh, the guy that just lost um, his North American championship uh,
0: Bronson Bronson Reed Bronson right? Reed
1: thank yeah. you for correcting me um yeah I, how do you feel about this and then knowing that Vince was there kind of scouting and looking around, stirring shit up over at the Performance Center. I know
0: Bronson Reed looks like a big guy um, on NXT, but does he look like a big guy if he gets mixed in with like Lashley or Roman Reigns or some of the other gargantuans that they have on that roster?
1: I don't know. I have an idea of where to go with him, but um, you're right about that. He is a big guy to NXT, but... When you put him on the main roster, especially on Raw, if he were to be there, he would kind of be a small, big dude.
0: Yeah, because like Baron Corbin's like, what, 6'5 or something? And I think Bronson Reed's like maybe 5'10, 5'11. I'm just curious on what they would do with the guy. I like Bronson Reed a lot, but he kind of fits more of the mold of what they're doing in NXT more so than... um, the main roster, not saying there's not a use for him, I think that he could inject some life. I mean, SmackDown's had like we talked about this previous weeks like um what Big E has wrestled Apollo like 14 times this year. So, <laughs> like any new Ugh. blood in the water would be good for either of these brands just seeing the same shows just different stipulations of matches. Uh Bronson Reed's a good guy to bring up. I mean, it, it doesn't hurt anything with the NXT with him dropping the North American title, which has kind of been, I would say largely forgotten about since, well, since Keith Lee held it. Um, And then it's supposed, it's not even supposed to be a title anymore. Dane, That's, that's the other thing. Isn't it supposed to be merged? Wasn't that the whole Keith Lee
1: gimmick? See, I don't remember them saying that it was officially going to be merged together. I think he was just going to be a double champion or whoever, when they won that. But I don't know. I'm really worried. Mo, mainly the other two, Bronson Reed, I think will be a good addition. He might try to find a place uh, within there, kind of like what Damian Priest is doing right now, which is fine. Shotzi, I think, is great. I don't know. Carrying Cross and Scarlett, I think their concept is made for that. But if they're even tempting with the concept of, of, of splitting them up, bad decision, I would say. I would not do that. And I honestly, Chris, I don't know how you feel now that they've, they're starting to get, you know, somewhat an audience on NXT. I don't think Karrion Cross is as over uh, as people thought that he was going to be now that the audience is there behind him. Well, I mean, we'll
0: get into the NXT a little later, but I think, you know, they've been giving him more and more promo time. I think the last promo he had was pretty good on the show that we're going to talk about a little later. I think it was really good, but the fact they're giving him more promo time would lead me to believe that yeah, they they might be splitting them up a bit, which it's Vince, man, he doesn't like people having managers. You know, like he did this with AOP, like why not bring in uh Paul Elring with AOP and have that tag team. He immediately split them up and then he was like, "Oh shit, these guys need a manager." And gave them Rockstar Spud so to some extent that's you know that's one of those weird vince things i think carrying cross as a performer and wrestler will probably be fine on the main roster just because i feel like vince will book him as a big dominant kind of guy like a drew mcintyre etc i mean there's very few people that fit that mold but you're right i mean i think they're definitely going to break up scarlett boudreaux and and I, i don't think he gets he doesn't get a main event star needing a manager unless it's like Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns.
1: I always, I've said this many times and Vince was very high on him outside him wanting to get off time for softball or, or baseball or whatever the fuck Sid did. But there is a lot of uh, qualities carrying across his promos, how he is intense, but he, he, he's articulate and very kind of scary, violent. Uh, his just his facial expressions in general, A lot of that stuff reminds me of Psycho Sid. So based on size, maybe I shouldn't worry as much with Vince. And not only that, if they do, and I don't want them to, but if they were to split up Scarlett with him, Scarlett's a good wrestler. She really is. stuff that I saw with her in Impact, she wasn't flawed. Uh, Like I said, so she could do pretty well, and Vince definitely likes girls with her look. So hopefully, uh, along with Shotzi and Bronson Reed, we see some good things if they are getting called up. And hopefully, every anyone else that Vince was looking at, we know that uh, Parker Bardo, the guy that was ex-football player, looks a lot like Brock Lesnar with two sleeves. Um, uh, Rick Steiner's son. Uh, we know that uh, the Stevenson brothers, uh, Gable, who's going to be going over to the Olympics, they're also there. You know, there are some talent that NXT currently has in the Performance Center that could be doing some big stuff in the next couple of months. It seems like the next batch is going to be in pretty impressive when it comes to actually having, you know, major athletes and wrestlers as opposed to independent wrestlers coming out of it, which there's nothing wrong with. I think either, I think that you should have people that came from the independence, but people that actually have a collegiate background or, uh, ex football players. I think that that actually does add in, uh, just different qualities and different levels. Uh, so, Hopefully all the people that he was looking at don't get fucked over once they come over to WWE on Raw or SmackDown, like we're worried about with the four people I just mentioned. Last thoughts? Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Real quick, do you think um, do you think Vince is actually watching the? I know main events taped at the same time as some of the Raw or SmackDown tapings. Is he actually watching this stuff, or does he just have someone come back to him and be like, Hey, this like this guy looked okay. You know? I, I'm
1: assuming it's more involved with Kevin Dunn. He's probably trying to see production-wise what he can do with them. That's that's usually, you know, c- Alistair Black. Uh, way before he actually got called up, was on main event a couple times, and they were trying to adjust to see what his entrance would look like in a big arena. You know, that's back when they were doing the pre-show matches for you know b- before COVID basically. So. Yeah. You know, it's 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 probably a Kevin Dunn thing, and then he's reporting back to Vince, I would think.
0: Yeah, maybe Kevin Dunn just has terrible taste. I, th- I think Vince what? needs to Shaky Vince... cam
1: shit? You know, <laughs> Kevin Dunn has terrible taste? No, fuck.
0: Well, we keep hearing these stories where Alistair, like, talked to Vince, and Vince was like, I love you Or, like, Keith Lee, like, Vince was huge on Keith Lee. Like, all of these stories have came out. But, like, if they're going through main event and Vince is never seeing them, then I don't know why he would be super high on them to begin with. I mean, I'm assuming that he's somehow watching some of this NXT, whether Triple H is inviting him over for a family dinner and then being like, hey, dad, check
1: this out. Or
0: whatever. (laughs) That's um, even
1: the bigger question, man, is what you just said with the main event concept. Why isn't Vince watching NXT, since that's supposed to be his feeder system. That's, uh, you know, one of his main people involved in his inner workings, Triple H is in charge of, you know, you would think that he watches that, but apparently he doesn't. Uh, Everything's like stuff he gets from Triple H or other people in management. I'm sure Johnny Ace has something to do with that now that he's, uh, you know, scouting talent for him, Uh, since they can Marcarano for that whole entire uh basically scapegoat thing for the mickey james shit and then um you know i i just he should be probably paying attention to that shit too you know seeing what people react to the actual fucking wrestlers to see what he should do with them that's similar instead of trying to change them up automatically and rebuild them in his own fucking image when they come to the main roster
0: Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. With Karrion Kross, uh, one quick question before we move on. He's there to rumble, right, with NXT? Because, like, who the hell is he going to drop the title to? He's beat everybody and made everyone look like fucking geeks. Like, he just I don't beat know, man. the hell out of Gargano and Austin Theory, like like, six times in one night. <laughs> Seemingly, I guess it wasn't that many times, but he just, like, beat the hell out of him and was like, all right, peace, I'm out on the last episode of NXT. Is it Balor? Is the demon coming back?
1: Like, I I mean, they could do this at SummerSlam. That's the next big NXT uh, takeovers that weekend. But who could do it? I have no idea because outside of Finn Balor, Adam Cole, fucking Samoa Joe coming out of retirement. I don't see anyone taking that goddamn title. uh, That's on the active roster outside of possibly those three that i just mentioned
0: Yeah, yeah, i agree with you. It's a it's a weird one, man. I they've just built him so strong and that's not a bad thing, but they've also made all of their baby faces in the meantime, like they just had that five-way match where he demolished everybody. So unless they're going to bring someone in or like Champa is going to like, go after him or something. Like, I don't know who they have left that would be a believable threat. Uh, they've done this with all of their rosters, by the way, whether yep. it's NXT, Monday Night Raw, or SmackDown. And to some extent, they've done this with uh, AEW as well um, with Kenny Omega, just because you're like, well, it's who, who the fuck's going to beat him, basically? <laughs> yeah. He's doing the same thing
1: at Impact.
0: <laughs> at, at least with Kenny Omega, you got like. Adam hangman hanging in the weights and he's like won the most matches or whatever. And he's the number one contender. Uh, we'll talk about that later, but like with WWE situation, like, you know, edge came back, but like Roman Reigns beat the absolute fuck out of him, stacked him on top of Daniel Bryan and pinned them. Like, how am I supposed to be excited about that? Like, you know, Johnny Gargano getting another title match. I just watched him get his ass kicked. <laughs> Like, twice in one night by Karrion Cross, So they almost need to bring back, like, a Finn Balor. And, I mean, at least with the main brand, you know, like, Cena is coming back right at SummerSlam. So you get Cena versus Reigns, and you're like, okay, that's a threat because Cena's a 14-time champion. That's believable. And Lashley, if, if they get Lesnar locked down, they have something there. But they need to figure out a way to not make... Build these strong people, but not make everyone on your roster look like a bunch of fucking goofs at the same time so that you have a match to go to. Jesus.
1: I agree, man. And, you know, we're getting closer to all of those guys coming towards, you know, with AEW, obviously, we have their pay-per-view right in September, one of their biggest ones um, with All Out. And then, you know... Impact has their their huge one that's coming up, and and Triple Mania is coming up, so Kenny's gonna have some tasks in front of him. But yeah, I, I agree. Roman beats John Cena. Who the fuck else is there? What other babyface can they fucking sacrifice towards him though? They've kind of put themselves in a the corner. Bobby Lashley is a little bit more believable of something leaving him, but he has been dominant. And Karen Cross, you know, real quick uh, to kind of round this out. I don't think has had a long enough track record to jump to the main roster without, you know, dropping the title like Oscar did. I don't, I don't think he has – he hasn't had that belt long enough. It, it would kind of be like, okay, so you're just dropping the belt and going. It almost seems like they have to have someone beat him. And like you said, like Tommaso Ciampa, who's lost to him. Um, Finn Balor, who's lost to him. Adam Cole, who's lost to him. Not a lot of people. Maybe, like I said, maybe Samoa Joe and and Karen Cross, all the inner workings. That's what they're building to, and it's going to be Samoa Joe choking his ass out and him going to the main roster, and Joe having the title. But maybe that's wishful thinking. Going back to me just wanting Samoa Joe back in the ring. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, I could I could see them doing something with Joe. They're they're teasing Joe coming back. I, I'm assuming that he's just trying to get medically cleared at this point, right? With the way they've been building Joe. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, Joe would be a good person. I, I think Adam Cole is a good person, but they need to have him stop getting choked out by Joe. That must be like an Adam Cole. They've probably worked with each other before, but this on the NXT stage, that, mu- that must be one of his dream matches. Because that seems like the feud they're going with is going to be Adam Cole and Samoa Joe for Joe's first match. And the only person like the only person I could think of that would make sense of beating him would be like Finn Balor if he comes back as the demon or
1: something on a yep. takeover. I agree. All right, let's move on. Um, I want to talk about some news for NXT UK. Uh, you know, we know that Kaylee Ray, uh, finally, after having the title for a very long time, uh, lost the title to Mako Satomura, who recently came in. And uh, Mako Satomura, you know, for the fact that they don't have no – they no longer have Piper Niven, who's dewdrop, if you guys were wondering. Uh, Tony Storm, Rhea Ripley, obviously, or um, I think Kaylee Ray might be coming over to NXT is the uh, rumor. Those are some of the biggest women in your division. Mako Satomura, though, like I've said in the past, is very much someone that's believable enough to you know, be like a Walter in the women's division of just being so dominant. B Priestley, who's had some great matches with her and Shimmer, um, is now coming to NXT UK, which is pretty crazy that I know that it was location issues, but that AEW didn't try to keep her a part of that, especially once things went through. Uh, but, you know, we don't know how long the pandemic was going to go on and everything involved with that. But I, I just didn't see her leaving and going to the WWE's uh, NXT UK division, but a great get. And once again, you know, the, the forgotten about wrestling promotion is NXT UK. Whenever I tune into a match like Kaylee with Mako um, uh, uh a little while ago, you know, or Walter with his matches with Dragunov, you know, they're always fucking great, man. And they have so much talent there that they kind of are like the the diamond in the rough, if you will. You know, the, the one that you just kind of forget about and learn about matches coming up. And then you're like, oh, shit, I got to check this out. So kind of mixed feelings would be Priestley going, but I hope the best for her. And if they push her right, some matches with her and Satamura, Satomura, they already have chemistry and know each other. so. Should be some good stuff, Chris. Is Priestley
0: dating or married to
1: Will Ospreay? Yeah, married, I believe. Okay.
0: Yeah, because she was being his manager. I wonder what that actually means for Will Ospreay because she was managing him and maybe that injury is way worse than we think. And maybe that's why she took this NXT deal because she would stay in the UK, I would assume. Right, I wonder what that contract looks like. Is is she going to be able to work New Japan dates if he comes back? Um, And and also, I wonder what that conversation is. Is the forbidden door also open for WWE? Um, But yeah, she's a great get. Former Stardom champion. Absolutely incredible. I don't know why AEW didn't try to lock her up long-term way as before. Because she's fucking phenomenal in the ring. And if you look at the... I, I'm not going to talk crap about the AEW women's roster. They have some good wrestlers there, but like Bia Priestley, someone like a, a, a Serena Debs, or, or that you could just throw in there with anyone and have a good match. And now she's going to be in NXT UK. And it's great opponent from uh, Maka, for sure.
1: Just looking forward to whatever stuff they're involved in. I don't really like uh, Bia's new name, though uh her last name i think is now davenport isn't davenport like a british saying for the bathroom am i getting that incorrectly like
0: (laughs) (laughs) i can't cannot confirm or deny but i agree with you i I don't know why you wouldn't roll her new name especially if you're bringing her in to go against your japanese nxt uk champion which
1: i'm assuming is where they're gonna go i don't know we'll have to see what happens from it but uh I I found this article, it came out. I'm excited about this match. I've been watching a little bit of Ring of Honor lately. They had a great six-way for the end of their... uh, What do they they call it? It's the next pay-per-view, the name of it. But it was a tournament in which it got down to six people, and the six people were in an uh, elimination-style match. Bandito won, so it'll be Bandito versus Roosh for the title, which should be an awesome match. Um, But the thing that actually, I think most people are intrigued in is the match they're gonna have next week for uh for the fight on the farm with the Briscoes. You know, Mark and Jay Briscoe have not been getting along. Uh they had incredible video packages where with their dad basically saying, hey, you guys need to get out your shit and you know it's time for the two of you to fight basically and get out whatever type of aggression and problems you have. Uh with Jay really downgrading his brother, you know, noting the fact that he is a past champion. A uh, couple times and Mark's kind of just been in the shadow and Mark saying that he's, he was always a tougher guy, you know, and showing video footage to the past when they were in independent wrestling of them having matches at their farm and just beating the living hell out of each other. This is probably going to be somewhat cinematic, but I think it's going to be really well done. And of all people to be down for a cinematic match, although he loves, you know, unabashedly on his show, loves the uh, Briscoe brothers Jim Cornette said, brother versus brother is hard to pull off, and cinematic matches are often direct. But watch this and tell me the Briscoe brothers aren't two of the greatest personalities in wrestling. This is entertainment that doesn't shit on wrestling. Can't wait to see it on Ring of Honor TV. This match is going to be coming out, I believe today, actually, is the release. I think they released Ring of Honor episodes on Sunday, so looking forward to this match specifically next week you know i i agree with corny i think that for a cinematic match this one's gonna be a lot of fun and i'm looking forward to both brisco brothers beating the living hell out of each other on a farm what do you think about that chris
0: i think it's amazing and mark definitely deserves a win with the way they built it right
1: yeah give mark the win over his brother jay fucking humble his ass a little bit
0: yeah and then they could just go back to tagging afterwards you know sometimes brothers gotta fight um I, I don't think this is going to be, I know people are saying cinematic, but I don't think it's going to be cinematic. It's going to be more cinematic, like the final deletion. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't see ring of honor doing like a fully scripted, AEW WWE very professionally shot thing. If anything, it'll, it, I would assume it's going to look more like final deletion and, and you can call that cinematic, but I mean, it was mostly just Jeff and Matt doing random shit in the backyard. Right that's what that's what I'm assuming will happen at this Briscoe match hell they may never leave the barn it's the Briscoes <laughs> so I'm looking forward to this I'm hyped about this and and now knowing that it might come out today I'm super excited about the rest of my day. But uh I, I love the Briscoes and, and Jim Cornette's right. They're two of the greatest personalities in wrestling. And I've said it for years and years, I think they're, if not the best tag team, one of the best tag team, and and they're God, I want them I want Jay and NWA so bad. I feel like he's the perfect guy to chase Nick out yeah. and, and, and try to grab that championship. But um Yeah, I mean, everything they've done has always been good. It just sucks. Like, wherever they land, there's always something that comes up. Like, they've been in WWE Performance Center twice, right? Uh, It just sucks. They've never gotten to that level. Like, I would love to see them in AEW. And that's a deep, deep talent pool. But, like, the Briscoes are so different than anything else they have and you could get the briscoes versus ftr you could get the briscoes versus the young bucks like i respect them for sticking with ring of honor as long as they have even though they've went to the like i said they went to the performance center twice but i want them to branch out man i want to see i want to see the briscoes versus some of these other great tag teams like the briscoes versus the new day they would be fucking amazing um usos usos yeah that would be fun <laughs> I just, I love the Briscoes, but I, you know, it's Ring of Honor is such a small pool. And, man, the Briscoes are just so great. And I'm looking forward to this. And I would look forward to seeing if Mark ended up winning a uh, tag title. Or, or, uh, no, winning the actual title. That would be, like, a really cool story if you've watched Ring of Honor for a long time. Because Jay has always been the uh, more favored brother of the two. So, that I mean, that's there's a lot of cool stories you can tell there. But... It does make me sad that they're not just out there wrestling gorillas of destiny and (laughs) doing doing cool shit. They're so good. I love them so much, Dane. I love them boys.
1: They are a great tag team and it's crazy, you know. Well, it's not really that crazy because if you look back in the past, at least for me, favorite tag teams were brothers, you know, whether it be the Steiner brothers, whether it be the Hardys, whether it be Edge and Christian. Wait a minute. That's not. Are they? I forgot. They were vampires at one point. Um, but in all actuality, Girls of Destiny, the Usos especially, and the Briscoes are in my favorite talk tag teams. And I think the reason why they have such great chemistry is because they're brothers. They get in each other's head. And Jay has always been the standout. I'm looking forward to seeing if Mark can get him get one better, and whether they decide to go back to tag team wrestling after that and get the gold and Ring of Honor or maybe split ways and do some other stuff. I completely agree with you. Mark winning the title, whether it be from Rush or Roosh or whoever has a title, that would be a really cool added element to the story. And seeing Jay go to some other places like you suggested, NWA, Nick Aldis, would be awesome. Um, Definitely think that there's a lot for the Briscoe brothers to do outside of WWE. Damn boys.
0: Yeah, and I will say this following up. When I say jay has been more of the out let's say the the brother that gets the most love it's because jay is a better promo it has nothing to do with their in-ring work i think they're comparable in ring to one another um
1: but jay's it's like the opposite of the Hart brothers now we just pissed everyone off, Dane. <laughs> <It was probably laughs> hey, if people don't know that Brett wasn't the greatest promo and he ended up becoming a decent promo when he turned heel, uh, then that's fine for them to ignore. But Owen Hart was definitely the better promo and overall might have been the better packaged professional wrestler than Brett Hart. It's arguable at that point. Put
0: yourself selfish, Brett. You're selfish. And that's why I did what I did. And that's why I kicked the leg out of your leg. <laughs>
1: uh, love Owen. Love Owen Hart. Just kick
0: the leg out of your leg is still one of my favorite wrestling lines
1: of all time. Do we do we know if he meant to say that or if he was if he kind of no. fucked up during the promo?
0: He just fucked up, but the intensity just made me be like, damn, son. Next time I get into a fight, I'm gonna kick the leg out of their leg. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs>
1: All right, P.O., and we love you. All right, so let's get to some mumblings and ar- and argumentative statements from different people. First, we'll go to one of my favorite legends currently. Uh, a lot of people, including myself, call him one of the goats. Uh, just recently put a pretty damn cool picture of him and Tom Brady online. Chris Jericho, not really happy with people giving criticism still towards the Blood and Guts match. Uh, Shotzi Blackheart, who we know is going to the main roster right now. Posted a video uh, of her impersonation of what happened with Chris of of a girl falling back on a mattress. So, Chris said, So, people laugh at that sort of stuff, but there's no reason to because this is the real deal and it can happen at any time. Best of luck to anybody in our business and anybody that bags on somebody who's taking a chance and putting their bodies on the line can really fuck off, especially people in the business. I could say some names. There's a couple of chicks in wwe who said some stuff and they should probably not have said they probably weren't trained any better and in six months they'll probably be asking us for a job anyways and i'll remember that so we'll leave it at that he also followed up in that interview a little uh small statement from chris and there's a lot of other stuff that he said within it but you know uh, some of the Some of the stuff that like this kind of annoys me, so that's what we're talking about. No one had to convince me to do it because I knew it was right for the story. But like I said, people that didn't respect that bump really aren't fans. Chris, I love Chris fucking Jericho. I really do. The arrogance within all of this, basically threatening job opportunities to female wrestlers in the WWE and NXT is so fucking stupid. Calling them chicks, and the thing that pisses me off the mainly about this is that, like the rest of the you know higher ups over in AEW, they get a pass from the Twitter mob online, who a lot of them I will say from their comments are directed a bit left, uh, you know, or liberal with with their statements. They never seem to go after any of these people. That will call out Jr. and tell him to fuck off and retire for accidentally saying uh, eight or WWE dynamite after a great show. But for some reason, Jericho can get away with this type of stuff. And the fans pretty much from what I've heard turned a blind eye. We know the Jackson brothers are, are both, you know, kind of, they come from California. They're both conservatives, you know, which is funny to me. So is Jericho. So is the cons. Um, Pretty much everyone, probably Cody as well, I'm assuming. Pretty much everyone besides Kenny seems to be, you know, ideology or, or or just different from the fans that love them and will defend them into blue in the face. I just find that kind of strange. And I I hate hearing Jericho say shit like this. It just pisses me off because he does have one hell of an attitude. Uh, given I understand it's it's who he is. You know, he is that big of a legend in the industry, but does this, this stuff kind of bother you as well? Or, you know, we're going to talk about another man who made some statements that I don't necessarily agree with either. But do they get passes because of the fact that they're legends or should they be held accountable for some of the shit that they say? Should he be threatening specifically Shotzi Blackheart for making a fucking little video um, or, or sharing a gif of a girl falling on a fucking mattress and threatening them? If they don't have a job and they come begging over at AEW, like Tony Khan's not going to hire whoever the fuck he wants uh, to begin with. If you can't tell, I'm a little bit aggravated by this whole thing.
0: So I'm on the same page as you, with the at least with Chris Jericho's response. Like I, I'm not going to say that what Shotzi put out there is necessarily the right thing to do, even if it was just jokingly you can criticize a match or criticize a finish but wwe's been doing that shit for years as far as like people falling a blow up the, the problem with the chris jericho thing is like he fell on it and then they immediately went to like a stretcher spot and it looked like shit like there's cardboard all over the fucking place and like that's more on the production so if she was burying the production of it that would be a different thing but like no one in wwe is taking spots off hell in a cell anymore without there being some kind of (laughs) you know uh big like pillow they're gonna fall on or even off the stage to this point um so i i could get that upsets chris jericho his tact in response to it is just such a dickhead response like i i don't come asking for a job six months from now kind of thing it's just I don't know. It almost sounds fucking childish, you know? (laughs) And I love Jericho. Much like you said, we've talked about how Jericho might be or should be considered one of the greatest wrestlers of all time just because of how much he's accomplished in his career and the fact he's been able to reinvent himself. And we've put Jericho over many, many, many fucking times on the show for how great he is. But this is one of those things where it's just kind of like, just let it go. Like, it doesn't, Actually, matter that much. At the same time, Shotzi shouldn't have said it, and I, I get why he was upset. But like the the dickhead response, and it's I don't know. It, it should be it should be beneath you if you didn't care. If you if you think there's someone that you could just be like, don't hire them, then why do you even care about their opinion to begin with? Um, and and to to his like thing of th- that match needed that. The match didn't need that at all, especially if he came back the next week. So like get better booking I, i've bitched about this on the show every uh, listeners out there who listen they know i bitched about this what's the point of throwing a guy off hell in a cell if he's going to show up the next week fine which is what they did with chris jericho so you didn't even need the finish to begin with so don't bitch about it because the production fucked up and it looked like shit. so it, people are gonna make fun of it uh jericho will probably never come on this podcast because of how hard i buried that spot but I didn't bury it because he put his body on the line. I buried it because the production of it looked like shit. Has nothing to do with him falling backwards. That's I mean, that's still a thing where you could legitimately hurt yourself, like really badly, whether you're landing on a pillow or not. Like, you're definitely putting your body on the line or a mattress or whatever he
1: he did fuck up his elbow but still it's it's like you're saying it's it's the shot and i and i i know that keith uh, mitchell is a great producer he worked on wccw wcw tna but that was a bad camera angle they should not have had it the way that they showed it and that's what made it stood out and look phony and i understand he fucked up his elbow a little bit and he was scared to do it all day I, i get that but him being so defensive how how long are we off of that? Like, what, a month? And like you yeah. said, the biggest thing, Chris, him showing up the next week just fucking completely fucked it up for me.
0: Yeah, and and like, it's the production and then the booking afterwards. He just showed up just fine and we carried along. You know, and, and so if people don't like it or think it looks like shit, Jericho, go back and watch it, man. Like, honestly, I wonder if he's went back and watched it. Like, go back and watch it and then look at what people's expectation of falling off a cell is even if it's something like uh shane mcmahon doing the the elbow drop to undertaker right there is an expectation there even with something like that a lot of that is production um not in the building kind of thing but the production looks like shit, especially if you're you have fake steel plating that's cardboard and people are slipping all over it while they try to rescue you in quotations i mean Once again, I get what he's saying. Like, he put his body on the line and Shotzi basically equivalated that bump to him falling on a fluffy pillow. But I don't think that's what she was trying to insinuate. Everyone who saw that wasn't like Jericho's shitty. He just wants to fall on fluffy pillows. I don't think that's what she was saying. Like, he's not putting his body on the line. It's just (laughs) the production of it was fucking terrible. (laughs) You know, like... I, I don't understand why he got so heated about it, honestly. Especially as someone like Jericho who pokes fun at so much other
1: stuff.
0: <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's just with these guys, you know, uh, they can get defensive, they can get arrogant, but part of it is the reason of what they've done uh, in the past uh, to make them put to a certain level, but Like I said, these fans, because the Bucks love Rick Knox, he can count to three. And even though that match was actually very well done with the referee for the first time in a long time, I will say, um, on Dynamite. And we will talk about that. Um, You know, he can get online and tell everyone to kick rocks, basically. Uh, Actually, I think I have the, the post right here. That match was badass. Quit your bitching. But they'll call for fucking JR to get fired for fucking up at the end. And he admits to it and apologizes to everyone and basically, you know, owns up for his mistake. Ah, that fan base. and I mean, the WWE fan base is is, is very extreme with with with, with uh, their perspective and how they can, you know, it's like the DC fans, how they can watch something that's crappy, but still fucking just be up in arms, We're ready to fight about it. AEW fans are cocky. And they don't call out a lot of the stuff that they would call out for other companies and other wrestlers uh, that's their own. And for some reason, Jim Ross represents WWE, I feel, to a lot of people. Uh, and I'm sorry that, you know, people fuck up. But I'm so glad that, you know, and I'm not even a football fan, but I'm so glad that John Madden didn't have to get fucking shat on by the Internet during his last couple of years. You know, I, w- I watched every Super Bowl pretty much back then. And people, when they get older, they get a little sloppy. Give fucking JR a break. Telling him to fucking quit and end his career. Fuck you. You fucking keyboard warrior piece of shit. I agree with you 100%. Also, like, if they get
0: rid of Jim Ross, is that commentating team better? That's the question as an AEW fan, you have to ask yourself. Without Jim Ross, is that crew as important as it's supposed to be? Is Excalibur supposed to be the guy that's going to carry that show?
1: And how many of them actually love Excalibur for his past stuff in PWG or are just fans of him because he's the AEW fucking announcer? You know what I'm saying? The, the fan base is so fucking weird and finicky. It just drives me nuts. And,
0: and look, like it's okay to be upset, I guess, that he said WWE Dynamite. But also, it's kind of their fault Mike, making him tag some shitty movie coming on afterwards with like a three-second sign-off. Like, uh, every week he's like, Stay tuned, pal. Uh, fast and the Furious 6 is coming on. Rot next, or whatever. And then he has, like, Thank you for tuning in to AEW Dynamite. And he fucked that up. Like, say AEW Dynamite really, really fast as a wrestling fan a hundred times. I guarantee you, one time, WWE might come out. Like,. He's a guy that worked for that company for so long. It's nothing against yeah. AEW. He's not doing it. There's not any kind of like coup <laughs> against AEW. Why do people think that this is like, oh, JR's talking about the company he really wants to work for? Look, I hate to tell you guys, but if JR really wanted to work for WWE, he'd still have a fucking contract there, and they would bring him in for Lesnar matches. Like, he... <laughs> calm the fuck down on the JR8. I don't understand it. Like, if you can give me a better announcing team than what they have, if you, if you say Taz, Excalibur, and uh, Tony Schiavone, that's the team you want, at least make that argument and not just be like, hey, hey, fat boy, why don't you fucking retire? Like, I don't know, man. Like you said, Keyboard Warriors.
1: Yeah, it's just, it's completely unnecessary, and he owned up for it immediately. He didn't even know it happened. Um, bully Ray, actually, an hour later, was like, you know, texting him. And he was like, JR, stay off online and don't let those, those fuckers get, get you down, basically. And Jim Ross like, come again? Like, well, what do you mean? Do we have heat bully?" And he's like, ah, oh, crap. And he had to explain to him what happened. And immediately, Jim Ross went from that to apologizing for it. And still people want his job. And it's like some of you motherfuckers weren't even around when Jim Ross was commentating in his prime. So I get why you just don't give a shit, because you're, you know, young and I have a lot of annoyances with the tail end of our generation and the newest one, Generation Z. It just that seems to be the mindset of people. Go on Twitter and demand that people's jobs get taken. Like I said, to everyone. So anyone that gave rick knox a pass because AEW young bucks buddy fucking ref or or gave chris jericho a pass for calling girls in the industry chicks and shit like that like and and want jim ross's fucking want him to get fired fuck off that's what i have to say
0: i don't know but they better calm down with what they asked for because if they let jim ross go before SummerSlam, the people bitching about this and he's the announcer for a john cena roman reigns match It's bigger that than that entire company. So you really need to think about who you're shitting on and their importance in the wrestling business. I I would say that, like Jim Ross, is a bigger name than 90% of the people on that fucking roster. So just calm, calm the fuck down. Like he made an act. Like go take a public speaking class. Talking to people live is hard. Especially for two fucking hours and getting plugs in. Um it's not an easy thing. We do it each week on this fucking podcast. It's not easy to not fuck up. I'm sure I've already fucked up once today. <laughs> like it it's not as easy as you would think, and that man's a goddamn professional and, and put some goddamn respect on JR's name. Love.
1: Yeah. God. Like he's Birdman. Don't be talking shit. Put some respect on that name. Uh, all right, well, we go from one wrestler ranting to another legend. Bully Ray was on uh, Busted Open, and he had some stuff to say about Eddie Kingston, which he, pref- you know, started by saying that he loves Eddie Kingston. Um, but Eddie, you know, and they, they really promote this mainly on Twitter, uh, had a promo afterwards to take a, take the, the, the crowd home happy sort of thing, rah, rah, rah. And he kind of cut into the other company not specifically saying wwe but it was obviously he was referring to and just saying that they can do what they want over here and they have to worry about this blah 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 i don't think personally to me especially if you're going to plaster us all over your twitter um i don't think you should be worrying about the other product i think you should pretend that they don't even exist like they do to you uh Vince admits that it was a really stupid, fucking arrogant uh, mistake to do the Huckster, that whole entire thing with Billion Dollar Ted and the Nacho Man. And after that, he wouldn't even acknowledge WCW even when they were beating them, while WCW would take every pot shot that they could. But at the same time, I mean, it, the stuff that Eddie was saying wasn't stuff that hasn't been said, even by Bully Ray. I get what Bully Ray's trying to say, but I'll just go ahead and say the quote. I love Eddie Kingston to death. I'm not going to do a New York accent the whole entire time. Ray said after, um, while on the show, if we were having promo wars and I was captain of a team and somebody said, you got to pick one person to do a promo for you, I'd most likely pick Eddie because of his believability, his tone, his inflection, everything about Eddie. Obviously, we kind of sound alike, so I appreciate Eddie's delivery. In the same way, I appreciate Taz's delivery. Taz, another master of the stick. It's funny because a lot of us have said that Eddie kind of reminds us of those two, kind of in one personality. Uh, but in this case, Eddie needs to shut the fuck up and stay in his lane. And his lane is as uh, an AEW guy speaking about AEW and flying the flag of AEW. And I'm completely on board. Tell me about how great AEW is. Fly the flag for your company. Show me that you uh, wear your heart on your sleeve. Tell me why that you were in, you know, an indie guy a majority of your career. Now this company took a chance on you, and you have learned to love it and everything about it. Now I'm on board, Eddie. Uh, Ray went on to say that there's no reason for Kingston to go after WWE because if you go back and you listen to the fans, they really didn't pop that hard when he took a jab at WWE. You didn't get the reaction you were looking for because people are most likely thinking, all right, Eddie, stay away from this. There's no reason to go there because the competition – oh, and then he mentioned how – Essentially, with people, even if Christian wanted to say something, or Big Show, but Chris Jericho's done it in the past. Uh, Cody's the one who destroyed the throne. They worked for WWE, so they were actually part of that monster and kind of got spit out a bit, so it's a bit different to him. But uh, I don't know how I feel 100%, Chris. I get what Bully's saying, and he will fucking destroy WWE if he sees problems with whatever he watches on Busted Open. But do you really think it takes... I have to have worked for WWE to have problems with WWE or, or talk shit about them in a promo. That's even if it was put on Twitter. Uh, something happened after the show.
0: But Kingston has worked for WWE, has he not? Wasn't he? Hasn't he done some stand-in stuff for them and some spot stuff for them in the past?
1: Uh, I I can't confirm it's, that. Oh.
0: Okay, so look. The fucking Dudleys did this when they left and went to Japan and then showed up on Impact. So I don't know why he's bitching about this. This wasn't even on TV, right? This is just a no, recorded just... thing after the show? Yeah, and they
1: put on Twitter and stuff.
0: So, who gives a shit?
1: Eddie Kingston's
0: not out here burying everyone that works for WWE or anything. Like, calm the fuck down. But I, they did that on Impact when the brothers showed up. When him and Devon showed up. Go back. Go back in the archives.
1: Well, the difference is, like he said, was Chris Jericho, Cody, they've worked for WWE. You can't say Eddie Kingston was a stand-in guy a couple times. I mean, how many fucking wrestlers does that work with? And then he gets clout and reason compared to, I'm saying, Bully doing that in TNA or Chris doing that currently sometimes with AEW.
0: Yeah, but getting passed over year after year after year when you're on the independent scene would allow you to say the same thing about said company when you're main eventing a show. So I I get what he's trying to say, but also, I guess I should go be a fan.
1: Well, you know, remember, you're not a fan if you didn't like that that spot off the cage, though. So... uh... It just gets to the point where some of these legends are going to get crotchety towards the end, and some of it's irritating. But he's a personality on a fucking show. He's going to talk about it. I thought that um, the Young Bucks—they uh, they responded to it. They've been changing their bio as the week goes by to get heat, and they're right after that happened. Well, you know, uh, they put up looking forward to when our in-ring days are finished, so we can become. Uh, shock jocks and pick fights on social media for clout, laughing my ass off. So Chokes that was, on
0: them. They're not that interesting.
1: <laughs> I wasn't gonna say it, but you know, you said it. <laughs>
0: I, I could not. I, I mean, I don't watch Being the Elite, so you guys are already doing. They're already doing that, just in a different format. You're already shock jocks. You're, I guess, YouTubers, but it's the equivalent. Like, why are all these people in a pissing contest for no reason? That's that's the real question.
1: Yeah, why would we want to, in any situation, be better than the ultimate guy with, with his fucking pissing contents, Vince McMahon, by acting similar to his style of perspective and just causing more bullshit? I don't get it. Can't we all just get along, Chris? I, I mean,
0: I, I maybe. Apparently not. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I don't know why these cats even have heat, or why. What's the, even the argument? Like, Eddie Kingston said something at a house show full of AEW fans that have been at the Dailies place probably for the past year, and people get crotchety about it. Who gives a shit? I know Eddie Kingston doesn't. He's probably listening to DMX and laughing right now. Like. <laughs> I don't think that Bully Ray's opinion holds water with Eddie Kingston.
1: I don't know. Maybe Maybe he's just trying to get himself in a match against Kingston, brother, brother. Maybe that's what it's really trying to go for. No clue, but Bully Ray definitely has. He's a very opinionated person, and sometimes I agree with him, and in this situation, I don't really agree with him. I don't think he has as much reason to fucking bitch about it, but hey, that's the uh, the lane. And if this is just working shit, I'll take Bully Ray versus fucking Eddie Kingston in the future. Uh, I'm just saying.
0: I, I'd see that match. I, I, I should preface this by saying I love Bully Ray a lot. I love the Dudley Brothers, and I loved his run in well, impact.
1: And the funniest thing is I think a lot of people like you and like I've said in the past, a lot of us see Bully Ray and Eddie Kingston. I mean... The aggression, the New York accent, the promos, the, the being, you know, this domineering personality, a lot of that I equate to a, like a modern day Bully Ray with little sprinkles of, of other people in there. I've said Taz, maybe some Dusty, you know, but there's a lot of Bully Ray to me in there.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. I mean, to me, it's it's a mixture of Taz and Bully Ray. It's a lot of it's the New York thing, but with uh, with Bully Ray, especially the Bully Ray gimmick and impact. Yeah, I mean, he's a brawler. He does kind of the same stuff that Bully would do in the ring. Um, it's just weird that he got upset over this. <laughs> like, I don't know. I guess you got you got to fill in the fill in the gaps there's not enough wrestling in the world to talk about with the 40 hours of wrestling we get a week
1: yeah dave la was out of town so uh you know maybe him not bursting a blood vessel on his fucking head by ranting about something for 30 minutes caused some time so bully uh might have might have uh you know try to start an angle brother brother no idea But I will say, in the defense of Bully, when it comes to WWE, he's not like a WWE guy. Even though, obviously, he had a lot of success in WWE, especially in the tag division. He's very brutally honest. It's just, you know, a hot take from him. So, it's just like Jericho. It's like, they get on these type of things. They're going to say stuff. As a fan, you just got to be like, all right, whatever, guy. You know, we'll just... I guess they've built reason to to say what they want, but they should probably think about what they say at the same time. Not in a fucking let's let's get him to let's cancel him. But like in a I don't know, just do you really want to fucking say what you're about to say? That's all.
0: Well, okay. did AEW professionally film this and release it after the fact or is it just some fan with a goddamn camera? Because I haven't seen the promo.
1: It's, 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 it's professionally done. It happened right after Dynamite, right after Jungle Boy's match with Kenny. And then he came out and kind of like gave the go home, which Cody does a lot of times. But Eddie came out and just kind of like started just talking about, you know, how it is there compared to the other company um, with creativity and caring about the fans and whatnot. So and then they put it on their Twitter and shit. So obviously they wanted people to see it to some extent.
0: Yeah, see because like when Cody was But I don't think Tony promos. told him
1: regardless if they post on Twitter, I don't think Tony was like, "Hey, go talk shit about WWE." Cuz even in there, Eddie Kingston said, "I know I'm supposed to be like hyping you guys out the door, but I just I want to get this off my chest." sort of thing. I mean, we've
0: seen this and if you've ever watched any of the old WWE WWE house show recordings which are terrible but because they're like from the 90s i mean they would do the same thing with wcw it's not it's not that far-fetched uh yeah i need to go back and i need to actually what did he actually say was he like fuck wwe the guy's an old man he should fall off a cliff or something or was he just like we're allowed to be different here than there
1: Give me, like, two seconds, and I'll find it, because I just had it on that one uh, news site.
0: Because, I mean, if, like, Kingston just, like, cut an ether track on WWE for no reason, then I would see getting upset. But if he he just basically came out and said the same thing that every wrestler who's left WWE has said since signing to AEW, then it's just much of the same. That's that audience. And like I said, it was the last show at Daily's Place for a
1: while. So... All right, so this is what he said. It's weird. The competition sometimes doesn't want to hear their fans. Oh, I guess I'm burning another bridge. Surprise, ladies and gentlemen. AEW cares about their fans because we are not here just to get ourselves a paycheck. We're here every week with you people, without you people, and we come out here and we bust our asses. We love professional wrestling. Uh, You saw a match between Kenny Omega and my dude Jungle Boy. And you will not see that on the other channel. You will not see legends who are respected on the other channel. You will not see people like me and my best friend Penta on that channel. And you will not see the heart that everybody in the locker room has on the other channel. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm, I was supposed to send you home happy, but I'm speaking from the heart. The bottom line is we are AW. We will see you Wednesday, and we want to hear you. So that's what he said. Um, I mean, it is a shot at the fucking locker room over there, but a lot of this stuff is true.
0: Uh, I mean, he, he put over his own company. It's not really shot. It's just Eddie Kingston being Eddie Kingston. Like the AEW fired. The I shot will say Cody when just- he's demolish a throne i mean
1: yeah
0: (laughs) you know like that's a shot (laughs) him just putting over the company at the end of a show after the cameras are supposed to go off aw uh (laughs) fuck see i thought this was like a fan cam thing like when cody did his thing after uh the that cage match he had with wardlow yeah right so now they're just recording these, I guess.
1: That's super I, maybe it was Maybe it was supposed to be because it was the last night at Daly's Place. That's the reason why they recorded it, because I don't remember them doing that before him. But um, hey, the whole Legends comment, though. Now, if you watch the video, it's kind of awkward because Christian is in the ring. He doesn't want anything to do with this whole thing. He's backing himself up. But when Eddie Kingston said respecting Legends, he pats Christian on the back. But it's fucking true, though. I mean, look at look at the people that Randy Orton took out, and now all of them, except for Ric Flair, are working for AEW. So, I, I don't know. There's a lot of truth in what he says.
0: Ric Flair's just counting the days until his contract runs out so he can be the manager for his uh, his son, Andrade, his favorite son.
1: Woo! <laughs> um, oh, his commercials, uh, by the way, man, they've been awesome. I love that one where he's like, where's my yogurt? And the guy's eating it, and he fucking hits him in the head with a chair, and he's like, "How did that taste?" Woo! Carvana. Do you think or every time? Hulk, do
0: you think every time Hulk Hogan sees one of those, he just gets pissed off? <laughs> he's like, "Dude, I was supposed to be the bigger one, brother. You <laughs> um, didn't beat yeah. Flair, bro." I I just don't I. I I get, I get Bully Ray is just doing content, but like the way, the way you made it come off is like, he's upset about nothing essentially. And they did way more in impact when he was a part of it to shit on the competition and quotations. Don't blame yep. me. Go back and watch. <laughs> it's there. Get that, get that impact pass or whatever the hell it is. You can go back and watch all of it.
1: No, I agree. And uh, kind of, we'll, we'll start to go into the show since the news items are done. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about that match with Omega and Jungle Boy on AEW's Dynamite last, well, actually last week, last Saturday. Um, thought it was an awesome match. I know Kenny's hurting, and apparently from what Dave said, he's doing better. But, you know, th- it, it's going to get to the point where Kenny needs some time off. So expect those titles, we've talked about this in the past, to jump off of him. Somewhat soon in the future, because he is, you know, battling through injury. So, but he had an awesome match with Jungle Boy. It even got praise, and the most praise that he can give it from Corny, um, because the match was well done. Uh, I do think Jungle Boy needs to try to create somewhat more of a personality uh, when he's making promos, because he doesn't have a lot. Um, But I'm glad that we got it to, at least at first, You know, no interfering. Everyone was kind of kicked out. It was between the two guys with Don Callis being obviously in Kenny's. No, no, he went to do uh, announcing or so commentating, but just a really well done classic style match. I think Kenny might have to do this in general, though, because, man, if you watched his match with Moose, that was fucking all over the place and crazy. Like he just needs to kind of like lay low, it seems. And I'm not the only one who said this. Uh, Many people have. He's kind of diving a little bit into the Ric Flair territory of of longevity, of how to act as a heel in a match. Um, Even said by Cornette, but Cornette said that uh, Kenny can't call matches like Flair in the ring. I actually, I really like this match, man. I thought it was classic. You know, if if there was some interpretation of of Flair-ish isms, if you will, with Kenny, he was corresponding that with jungle boy who's coming off like your steamboats or your carry von erics you're just super babyface but agile's hell more like steamboat and being able to perform to the level that they did but I, I, a lot of those spots i mean the first thing where you got him in the uh the, the corner and just start brushing his hair just arrogantly like an asshole but then the whole chop thing and you know very steamboat flare ass where he chops him a couple times and then fucking jungle boy hits him and he falls on his ass and kind of looks at him like, what the hell? Uh, I thought that it was Kenny Omega and Jungle Boy kind of doing more of a older-style match, and I really enjoyed it. I You know, they didn't do anything too crazy. Of course, Omega was going to win the match, but I just want to give praise to Jungle Boy, like many over there, like the younger guys over there, Sammy, um, MJF, Brian Pillman Jr. Ha- has a lot of potential, Adam Page, we've talked about this, uh, Powerhouse Hobbs, you know, He is one of those guys that's going to be big 10 years from now uh, within that company, I think, or in WWE or wherever he goes. He's a great entering wrestler. He just, like I said, needs to work on his promo skills and probably break off eventually from the giant dinosaur and small little child that comes out with him, personally to me. Uh, But yeah, I I liked this match, man. Thought it was really good
0: so do you want my niece's review of this match it's pretty good sure give it to me so my nieces had never watched wrestling before and i was i was talking to my my sister's husband and he put it on because we were talking i was like AEW's on you should check it out kenny omega's gonna have a match etc and he's a lapsed, let's call lapsed wrestling fan. Is probably the good way to put it. And this is the first time my have ever seen wrestling. They're very protected uh, on anything with physical combat, because you know you don't want little girls fighting each other, et cetera, or whatever. I, I guess that's the mindset. So <laughs> they watch this match, and their opinion of Jungle Boy is really funny from a child perspective, which is like, I don't understand why he's trying to be Tarzan. It's lame. <laughs> so they cheered for kenny the entire time and were really sad because kenny took 80 percent of the ass whipping. <laughs> he did <laughs> and then ended up winning and they were super hyped i don't know what that means take that for what it is <laughs> but you know they watch a lot of disney and they think jungle boy is like a super lame tarzan that's 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 how they thought about him. So when you talk about shaking the jungle boy <laughs> gimmick, it's probably time or getting time. Uh, now, obviously, they don't know the whole story of the, the point is dinosaur and, you know, et etc. They tuned in for two matches. I think they watched. I, I texted you about this. They watched the Britt Baker match. <laughs> Which they cheered for Britt Baker. Also, I, I guess they just love heels. <laughs> they cheered for Britt Baker. <laughs> and the next match, they were just like, "We don't. I don't like this guy." <laughs> it's like you like Kenny Omega better. That's weird. Um, so they're they're Kenny Omega marks now, which is funny. Um, but yeah, like the match itself was great, and and Kenny did exactly what he was supposed to do in that situation. I know it pissed a lot of fans off because it was a clean finish, but I actually like that. It was a clean finish because it's the first one we've seen from Kenny in a while where there was no yep. kind of fuckery and he just beat him with one winged angel, but he gave jungle boy so much in that match. Like outside of the last two minutes, when he started hitting B triggers, Kenny Omega is like Shawn Michaels selling. <laughs> he's just yep. taking or Rick flair selling. He's just, he's giving that guy everything he could possibly give. And Shout out to Kenny for that. Like, Kenny's a great fucking wrestler. I, I know I shit on him uh, more so on the other side of the ring. Not in, in the ropes, but uh, he he was great here. And he really did feel like a Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels heel champion that can, can get a baby face over. And Jungle Boy's not there yet. I, th- I think he needs to shed, like you said, shed Luchasaurus and, and Marco Stunt. That's going to take some time. But this made you believe that Jungle Boy could win it. And they didn't go where I thought they were going to go, which was a time limit draw. So it was good to see, like, a a straight NWA in New Japan type finish where it's like, no, Kenny Omega's just better than him right now. You know, like, just definitive. He just beat him.
1: Yeah, I agree. Good stuff. I mean, Kenny's got some good matches coming up. He's going to be going against Mr. Andrade Aldi- Idolo. Um, he's going to be going against probably Hangman Page. He's going to be going against Sammy Callahan. And then whatever happens past that, leading to all-out, I-, I think he's earned, basically. If you need some time off to heal up, this last year Kenny put himself back on the map, which I think a lot of us were like, wait, what the fuck are you guys doing? When he first was in AEW initially. But, um, Good stuff. Good stuff, man.
0: Yeah. I, I don't want Kenny to overdo it, but I, I feel like he's going to have that thing until the end of the year.
1: When's Triple good. He Mania? could, man. August. I think the first weekend in August.
0: Okay. So he it, it may start falling slowly, but the AEW title, I feel like he's going to probably hold to the end of the year.
1: Yep. Could definitely happen. All right, let's go over. I want to give uh, some praise because I usually just shit on Monday Night Raw. I thought that actually the last two weeks, besides it being way too fucking long, um, I am starting to get invested more with the storylines. And I think that they're packing good matches throughout the show. Um, On both cases, though, I had to watch most of it or the. The latter half the next day because I fell asleep. But that's the biggest problem is the length of time. I love everything that's going on with RK Bro. Randy Orton was off. I don't know why exactly. I don't know if they just gave him the week off, but he was supposed to be in a three-way with AJ and um, uh, Drew McIntyre. The winner of that would be going against, or would be uh, getting to the TLC match, uh, advancing to that, which I hope Biggie wins uh, personally. To me, that would be perfect. Um, but Drew McIntyre would end up winning. Matt Riddle would win a battle royal to clarify himself as still being able to take Randy Orton's spot to the end, uh, if you will. And he was basically coming out as Randy Orton, um, doing his poses and whatnot, hitting RKOs. And at the end, had a really great three-way match with AJ and Drew. Weird. (laughs) Uh, We know AJ's involved in the tag title picture, so him winning didn't seem like it made sense. I really wanted, I mean, I, I like Drew, but I really wanted and I don't think he's gonna win the RKO out of nowhere and actually win the match. That didn't happen. But I, I this storyline, along with Kofi Kingston and everything that's going on with him and MVP, giving delivering great promos, um, Kofi and and, and kind of getting called out about Xavier Woods holding him back. Uh, you know, I, I really think they're going with Bobby Lashley, possibly with Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. But part of me wants Kofi Mania, man. I really I – don't, I don't think it's going to happen. But if at Money in the Bank, Kofi were to take that belt from Bobby Lashley and possibly go against Brock Lesnar or whoever, maybe gaining a win over Brock from you know him fucking him over, I, I would love that. Then they get an influx of talent there from the draft after that, and you can start having some more feuds. If you're going to give me Kofi Mania again or the summer of Kofi, if you will, I'm down if Bobby wins, and we end up getting possibly another match with Kofi, or a match with uh, what should we call it, uh, Brock Lesnar. I'm also down for that. Uh, excellent match with Ricochet and John Morrison. Who knew that Prince Puma and Johnny Mundo couldn't have a good match? Uh, ended up with an actual a, a, a ten count DQ that I actually didn't mind because John Morrison was posted up outside, and Ricochet's crazy fucking ass did a springboard crossbody. To the fucking audience, basically taking out him and Morrison, and them getting a ten count. More matches with the two of them, please. That's all I got to say. So, those are my highlights for Monday Night Raw. What would you think about them? And if you have anything else to say, especially if it involves Shayna Baszler, and 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 Alexa Bliss and their wonderful fucking rivalry, uh, be be uh, be sh- be sure to tell.
0: They they Shayna Baszler was on Raw.
1: Oh, god.
0: <laughs> no, I'm I'm kidding. Uh RK Bro continues to be excellent. New Day continues to be excellent. I like Bobby Lashley a lot. There's stuff to like about Raw, but it's such a long show and there's just so much that doesn't happen <laughs> ever. Uh with Kofi, I'm I'm fine with the Kofi Summer and I think you could build it properly, especially like if Brock shows up and just demolishes Lashley and Kofi gets the win or whatever and then they just take the title out of the picture and Drew, you know, maybe Drew wins money in the bank and uh, he doesn't want to cash it in because he just wants to get the win back on Bobby Lashley and you end up with a couple matches with him and Lashley and him and Lesnar and then a three-way and then Kofi can carry the title for a bit. I could see something like that happening. And I actually talk that, talked about that on uh, Tom Clark's show. Also, check out Tom Clark's main event. Good good dude. Good show. Uh, there's a lot of ways they can go with this. But unfortunately, I just see Lashley killing poor Kofi <laughs> in, in the storyline being Might that, happen. that Drew wins money in the bank, but he can't cash in because it's Lashley because they set that stipulation up because he can't fight lashley again for the title
1: another Uh, direction i could see them going in is with this being so personal with mvp and kofi is bobby beats him at money in the bank uh because of mvp and then they do kofi i guess against mvp which doesn't have as much i don't want to see that as much but i could see them going that direction basically
0: is xavier woods going to show up in a suit Maybe and go against Kofi. I I hate that. That would be so That would much. be
1: interesting.
0: New Day is like one of those. It's like fabulous freebirds. You just don't touch it. Just let it be. It's <laughs> just let it do its thing, man. Like I, I don't want to see those cats turn against each other. But that could be something. They've hinted towards it a lot. So that could be something they do. There's just outside of RK Bro and. uh, New Day and, and Bobby Lashley and Hurt Business. There's just not a lot on Raw I give a single fuck about, And yep. I'm not going to lie to you.
1: <laughs> no, honestly, <laughs> I, if if someone didn't mention how good the three-way ended up being, the main event, and then that Ricochet-John Morrison match, I wouldn't have watched it. But I'm glad I went back and watched it because those were two really, really good matches.
0: Yeah, I mean, John Morrison and Ricochet could have a match in a barn and it would be pretty good, so I'm I'm going to have to go back and watch that thing now. Um, shout out to Jim Oh, Up. it's
1: Chris. It's <laughs> awesome because, like I said, there's one part the, the 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 DQ happens. It's a count out, double count out because Ricochet jumps into the audience basically and takes out John Morrison. It's fucking unbelievable. Just who knew? Who knew they could have great chemistry? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Just to reiterate your words, who knew Prince Puma and <laughs> John Morrison could have a good match? Fucking stupid. So dumb. Why, why, why did they treat my boy this way? Every time I see Ricochet, I, I just think of that Godfather quote. It's like, look what they did to my boy. <laughs> Four years ago, we were doing this show, and he was like my number three wrestler in the world. And WWE somehow fucked this up.
1: Ricky, you're breaking my heart. That's terrible. All right. Well, we'll move from Raw to the next night of Tuesday. We had NXT. I mean, there were definitely some some stuff uh, that happened, but I think we're all building up mainly for this Great American Bash pay-per-view that's – or mini pay-per-view that's on TV, this upcoming NXT. Um, out of the highlights that I have, Io Shirai and um, uh, Zoe Starks are going to be going against The Way for the title. They won against Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon and our champion uh, with um, – Oh, man, I can't remember Dakota Kai uh, in her corner. Uh, Pretty good tab match. to Start off the night. It's going to be Johnny Gargano versus Killer Cross. And as you alluded to, uh, you know, he's been destroying him and Austin Theory. But Johnny Gargano, I think one of the things and we'll we'll, we'll talk about these two, uh, you know, the fact that we got EO and Stark going against the way. But Johnny was getting a huge babyface reaction from the returning audience, and I don't think that's going to go away. I think people are sick of the heel. They might want to stay with the silly and fun of the group, but they were definitely not into Cross and way into Johnny, and I think within this way they're setting it up, Cross is supposed to be more the babyface in it, and Johnny's obviously supposed to be the heel. Did you notice that with the audience, Chris? And what do you think about that first match with EO and Starks going against the way are they going to win those titles, and Io is going to finally have claimed, I think, all the women's titles in NXT, just to put that under a cap, or is it is Candice going to finally be able to beat Io Shirai some way?
0: No, it's very possible that. I, I, I okay, so they're fully behind Zoe Stark's, right? Yes. yes. It definitely seems that way. <laughs> okay. Um, this one's so weird for me because I guess Candace would end up is the feud Zoe Starks versus Candace, I guess is the question. Where are we going with this?
1: I don't know. I love the the back and forth though. Once they won and Candace getting told by EO, you've never beaten me, and next next week I'm taking your tag titles basically. Candice didn't seem pretty happy with that. So, like I said, I I don't know which which direction they're gonna go, but they're definitely they're pumped on Zoe. They're getting giving her the rub, putting her with EO.
0: Yeah. So if they do the if Zoe and EO get the titles, right, and they have a little run, they do the tag team breakup, and and Zoe beats EO. Maybe that's where they're going with it. That would make the most sense, right? Because EO is yep. not really a baby face. I mean I guess to some extent she is, but she's not your prototypical white meat baby face. She just became a baby face because she killed everybody for the past two years. <laughs> yeah. Seriously.
1: I agree with you, but I'm just wondering, you know, or if this scenario plays out, if this week Candace wins and pins Eo Shirai, that makes me think Eo is going to be leaving at some point soon but then again i think i've said that 50 fucking million times with your e. shrine but the, triple h like no nah, vince don't worry about it just you know you're gonna put on a fucking tag team with oscar and just fuck her up and oscar up and more so just uh, I'm, I'm gonna keep you <laughs> i can't
0: i can't <laughs> it's, it's, it's... <sighs> you're not wrong dane you're not wrong
1: All right, some of the other stuff that happened. Um, We're going to have Cameron Grimes versus L.A. Knight in a match with the million-dollar belt actually being used as a belt for the first time, I think, ever, and not just a prop. Um, Eat your heart out, FMW Championship. Uh, But if Cameron Grimes wins, he gets the title, obviously, but if he loses, he's got to be L.A. Knight's butler. And I'm wondering... What I kind of want to happen because I, I am invested in this. I can't believe it, but I think this this rivalry and everything with Ted DiBiase has kind of uh, elevated these guys, um, and I think Cameron Grimes is already kind of you know elevating himself before that. But my prediction, Chris, is that Ted DiBiase is going to cause Cameron Grimes the win. They were in it from the beginning. He's in Ally uh, you know. He's his manager and LA night beats him. And Cameron Grimes is going to become his Butler because I feel like that could lead to some, some f- funny and also just interesting storylines going in the future. I don't know why they would put the stipulation there. If they're not thinking about doing that, it seems kind of dumb. It doesn't, I don't know if it helps Cameron Grimes, but who knows? That's what, that's what I'm predicting. Damn it. And you predict the Hardy boys. So I want something.
0: Yeah. You got you definitely have a bold prediction there, bud. Um, I feel like Cameron Grimes is just getting this title. It's just gonna be a hot swap. And also this title doesn't mean anything. This title's never had any kind of legacy or means anything. It's just a way for WWE to sell merch.
1: You shut your whore mouth.
0: <laughs> oh, okay.
1: Let's talk about
0: this. Let's talk about the million dollar title holders. <laughs>
1: You're the one who who made me realize that Stone Cold Steve Austin was one of them. He's the only, yeah, he's the only one of note. The Vincent ringmaster,
0: <laughs> Vincent, and the ringmaster Steve Austin. Um, I love the storyline so much, but I I don't know, man. They got to shoot Cameron Grimes to the moon. I feel bad for Eli Drake, but.
1: He can get heat, man. He's one of the only heels in the industry that can still get heat. Legitimate, like, we don't like you. You're an asshole, Heat.
0: You yeah, know? he's he's good at his fucking job. It d- took them way too long to get him there. That's yep. my only problem. Like, they could have done a lot more with Eli Drake, and now he's just going to be associated with a kind of a comedic feud, and and the person that's going to get the most fuel out of this to their, to their jet pack, I guess, would be cameron grimes he's he's came out looking like a million bucks maybe they're actually gonna give him. maybe they'll push him who knows maybe they'll get off the comedy thing
1: i'll have to wait but with the diamond encrusted on that title it reminds me of the diamond mind (sighs) um why do you gotta win i'm just sorry after promoting this fucking thing for as long as they have what I was hoping is that the diamond mine itself would be like a troop. You know, kind of like what Cody tries to do with the, uh, with his fucking unit and shit like that. But it's more like a UFC-based thing. And they, they, they're going for that. And I think Stokely Hathaway is a great... He's great on the mic. He's a great manager. But just... I was thinking... If you had Roderick, one of the guys just got fired. It was that, that, uh, that Colt guy. Uh, I forgot his name. But... You know, with just him and, and uh, what is it, August Gray or whatever the fuck his name is, you know, it's just kind of like, okay, you could have, like, this could have been the group that had, you know, showing us Parker Bardo, but not actually putting him in the ring right now. You have uh, that one British guy that was really getting built, that big dude that got taken out by uh, catching the guy that with the suicide dive, I forgot his name is, but, you know, there's another guy you could have placed in there. The Season brothers, uh, you know, it could have been like an actual uh, Huas Who you just fired, you know, in like a UFC style group. And you got Stokely Hathaway with Roderick Strong and August Gray. And I'm just like, okay. And I don't even know if he's August Gray. I might be fucking up his name right now. I'm not even looking it up. I don't give a shit. So it's just kind of like, all right. When you're comparing this with, say, the, the, um, uh, what the hell is hit row? I fucking love Hit Row. This was a stale fart in church to me. And I love Roddy, but it is what it is.
0: I don't know if I can sum it up better than a stale fart in church. <laughs> <Dang>. <laughs> you pretty much knocked it out of the park on that one. Do you Ugh. care about this at all? No. <laughs> okay me either let's
1: move along <laughs> uh one of the things that wasn't good is Lee, who's already broken two girls noses including Ali. i forgot who the other one was by contacting she's an actual martial artist from china did not know that much about wrestling has been taken over here has gotten better and worked actually with mercedes martinez to get better in the ring but she wasn't accustomed with pro wrestling she's all about contact because she's an actual martial artist so I don't put some of the blame on her, but she kicked Mercedes Martinez square in the fucking face and knocked her out flat. And it was scary. And this is one of those injuries that happens live in front of you. And you're like, oh, shit. So all I have to say, man, is I know you're trying to push her. This this group is whatever. It's kind of like lost a lot of its luster to me. Uh, the more you go on with not revealing who the fuck this mystery woman is or have a wrestle, or anything, Boa's not doing it for me, being the ex-Matrix, you know, Agent Smith character. And uh, Xylee knocked out Martinez. She was rushed to the hospital. We know that much. We haven't heard what's going on with her. I'll check for updates right now when I pass it to Chris. But as far as I know, you know, she got a concussion. She went to the hospital. And that's all we know from now. So, I'm not trying to say, say that Xylee is dangerous, but she needs to get fucking better on her kicking. God damn, dude. Or don't kick. I'm sorry. I get that she's sending a, a roundhouse,
0: but at the same time, like, dial that thing back. She came there with, like, a she went there 100 miles an hour with that kick. And at some point, I guess, get your hands up if you know this girl's going to kick you. Uh, <laughs> to be honest at this point, like, don't just give her your chin, but Brian Alvarez, who has done a lot of martial arts and, and he kind of talked about this on his show. He's like, there's a difference between martial arts and wrestling and you should, it's he kind of compared it to like a turn spot in ballet, which he didn't say, but like, if you're doing a spin in ballet, right. Or uh, like, I can't think of the name. My wife would know. You're always your head's always turned to where you're spinning, so you know where you're gonna land. She just throws these kicks like with reckless (laughs) endangerment, (laughs) which is kind of what Brian Brian went into on the podcast. But I mean, she sent that thing at 100 miles an hour. This is like the third time. She could kill someone with this. I mean, Shibata ended his career with a, a botched head spot, like a headbutt. And this girl's out here kicking people in the fucking jaw hard as possible. Uh, you know,
1: like there, it's and the I, difference between. I being think Ziya Lee has a lot of potential, reckless. but yeah, no, I agree, and I think Ziya has some. You know, she has potential, but man, she's got a. It is a different martial arts and wrestling. The biggest difference is one you're trying to make contact, and one you're trying not to, like full contact and. God, Uh, apparently from Wrestling Observer said that she should be recovered um, soon, like she'll make a full recovery, is what Dave was saying on Observer, and at least this is from the second, Um, and uh, yeah, she just got a a pretty bad concussion from it, so, Jesus Christ, man.
0: Yeah, she just... Either don't throw the kick, or slow it down, or tell your opponent to get their hands up on the kick, or something. Because that's like the third—it's not like the third or fourth one, right? For her, she broke someone's nose with one. She of these. broke
1: Aaliyah's nose, and she was crying from pain from how bad she smashed it. That was like a year ago.
0: Which I mean, she's—you're supposed to give the side of your head for a kick like that. But at the same time, like, why are you sending? Obviously, there's something wrong here. So either don't throw the kick. Does she really need to throw the kick to no. begin with? Okay. Well, then just don't throw the damn kick anymore. You, you, you ruled out the bust, the buckle bomb, <laughs> you know, like Jesus pile drivers. Like maybe stop Sia Lee from fucking doming people in the face with her leg. Like You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, If it's happened like two or three times. Maybe be like, hey, just maybe don't do that.
1: I don't know, but I hope Mercedes Martinez, you know, she's a vet. She's been in there for a while. She can't get her bump cards, you know, taken up quite a bit. You know, she's a past, like, I think three or four times shimmer champion. So she's definitely someone that's been in the industry. Something like this could end her career. Something like this could end someone's career that's brand new to the fucking industry, let alone someone that's a vet.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, you never know what's going to happen with a concussion, man. Like it, we've seen it in sports. Like a, a perfect example is uh, the second round draft pick for Philly, uh, Patrick Nolan. He has concussion syndrome, and like he's played maybe eighty games in his entire professional career. Five years later, because of that stuff, like you don't know how that's going to stick around if you get hit just right. When you talk about like migraines and the other stuff that comes with that forgetfulness, etc., like it can change your entire life. So maybe stop full sending those kicks as hard as possible. Someone's going to give her a receipt one day and it's going to be nasty, is what's going to happen.
1: Yep, that's definitely a possibility. Don't put her in the ring with EO. EO would fuck her up if she stepped her that hard. Um, all right, last. Big thing on NXT, obviously. A lot of people didn't say, see this, and I'm so happy. Not necessarily that Bronston Reed lost the North American championship, but I've been a fan of uh, Mr. Isaiah Swerve Scott for a while. You know, back when he was, what, Killswitch in Lucha Underground and Shane Strickland over an MLW, Ring of Honor, and everywhere else that he ended up. Um great match with him and Bronson Reed. You know, he called him out early in the night. We know that Bronson might be going to, uh, one of the raw or SmackDown soon, as we talked about earlier and one, and I really like hit row. I think their theme music's awesome. I like AJ who's top dollar and he hosts the, uh, the, the WWE treasure show on A&E. Um, and all the people in their group, uh, I, f- I can't remember the gentleman's name, but he's been there for a minute. Um, You know, just popping up in NXT. I think this faction's great. I really like Isaiah Swerve Scott with that title. I think this is good for him. And if this is Bronson Reed's uh, goodbye, is what it is, brother. It's time to go up. You know, I don't know exactly what he's going to do. My idea, Chris, personally, who gives a fuck about Chad Gable and Otis? Put him in a tag team with Otis as like a new age kind of natural disaster tag team. Um, I think that would be fucking fun. Uh, not calling them natural disasters, but two big guys that can work. It would be very interesting. Or maybe Chad Gable can fucking manage them, even though he should be doing great stuff by himself. But what the fuck are you going to do? One of the many problems with certain recruits from NXT. But I digress. What would you think about this match? And Isaiah being the new North American champion, and the fact that this is probably Bronson Reed's, you know, uh him leaving nxt essentially
0: we talked about bronson reed leaving earlier so i'll just leave that the match itself i thought was really good i'm fine with isaiah swerve scott kind of being the stand-in for that title but i mean this is something that was just carried by gargano and we thought that maybe Kushida would have is is isaiah swerve scott the guy you would put your intercontinental title on if you if you look at this as a company
1: Um, I think he's getting, at least maybe his group is getting pretty hot. So, you know, based on some of the people they have had in the past, Bronson Reed, I I would say that Isaiah Swerve Scott's on his level. You know what I'm saying? And he had the title just now. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I like Isaiah Swerve Scott in the ring. He's just outside of that. I don't know that he does a lot. For me personally, but they don't have anyone else lined up for that title since they shifted everything with Kashida becoming cruiserweight champion, so and and Velveteen Dream disappearing and some of the other stuff. Uh, what uh, Loomis? Did I, is it's Loomis, right? Dexter Loomis?
1: <laughs> I don't even know where the fuck Dexter Loomis is.
0: Yeah, like they, those were the people that I thought would be challenging for that title in the mid guard, but, yeah, I guess that's fine. You basically have two cruiserweight divisions now, though.
1: Yeah, in a lot of ways you do. But, I guess if Johnny had, it would be the same thing, though, because he's about the size of a cruiserweight. Yeah, but
0: Gargano's held the actual title title.
1: Yeah, that's, that is true. And
0: has developed himself on the show for a long period of time, so it's a little different, you know, <laughs> like... It's fine. I mean, I don't have any problem with it. Like I said, they don't have anyone else to really grab it. So yeah. it's 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 kind of whatever. Maybe Rick Steiner's kid's just going to show up and win it day one. That'd be amazing.
1: <laughs> Would be interesting, man. He's a big fucking dude. But that was NXT. Let's move over to AEW.
0: One, one uh, question before we move out, Dane, and you may not know the answer to this. D- does WWE own the the rights to Steiner Line, the song? <laughs> if I think so, they have
1: to. They have to. If so, you need to come out to the Steiner <laughs> Yeah, dude. I, I'm down for that. You don't want to take me back, dude. Put the face gremlin as his manager.
0: Fuck. Give him the headgear. Just have him just start wrecking people. I'm so excited about <laughs> Rick's kid. I'm not gonna lie.
1: Then if you if you do that, you gotta reach out to Petey Williams and have him be the, the the manager dressed as mini Scott Steiner. That would be great.
0: Or just get Scott Steiner who, you know, is coming off a heart attack and lost his shonies here in Georgia. So he anyway, give, give Scott Steiner work. We need more Scott Steiner promos. We need Scott Steiner math in the next ass. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid,
1: remember
0: the scott steiner <sighs> math where he's like if of- 17 <laughs> percent
1: impact <laughs> you're killing me over here with your fucking twitch station you guys pull the same exact highlights every goddamn week if i have to watch the steiner math thing where pd williams and everyone's like literally trying to do the math along with them like wait what the fuck's he talking about just amazing just what the fuck he's better at math than sid (laughs) i heard heard he was better with scissors as well um (laughs) well yeah if steiner stabbed
0: arn arn would be dead (laughs) jesus
1: Oh, God. All right, let's move over to AEW. Uh, Some stuff that happened definitely on the show that was uh, bigger things. Uh, First thing, I thought it was a great tag match. Besides that one little thing with the three count with Knox, I thought they actually called it like a fucking tag match. They were paying attention to rules, which was crazy. Uh, Penta and Eddie went against the Young Bucks and ended up beating them. So now they got a title shot against them. It was the Bucks' own arrogance that fucked them over. Uh, you know, trying to screw them over (laughs) that one spot where, where Brandon Cutler goes to spray, I think it was Eddie in the face and Eddie moves and Nick is just in the face and he's like in shock. So he keeps on spraying him continuously until someone grabs him off of him. That shit was pretty funny. I thought it was a good tag match to start off. And even though I don't think Penta and Eddie are going to be able to beat them, a pretty good match with the bucks actually losing pretty crazy shit the one thing i have to say chris and i think that you're like this as well i don't like beat us as beat us non-title to be able to go against us for the titles but if we beat you why like that's 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 my only gripe i thought it was a good tag match to start off AEW dynamite
0: I, I think it's okay depending on the tag team which right now we have the very douchey bucks the young douche bucks which is what they're going for. That's not me being an asshole, right? Am I wrong on this? They're just going to be—they're—they're they're trying to be the most douchebags possible, right?
1: Oh yeah, look at their beards and mustaches <laughs> at this point. They're dying them and doing stupid like goatee designs and shit.
0: Yeah. So for them losing here and then figuring out a weird way to screw over Kingston again, it kind of makes sense with that particular tag team. But I agree with you normally, and they—you know—you have rankings in this company that we're supposed to care about so who actually should be going for the tag titles right now
1: that's a good question (laughs) well sometimes sometimes it matters and sometimes it doesn't matter with the rankings (laughs) okay I, I mean, know. at least
0: they at least they built this into a feud with Kingston, so it makes a little more sense. I will say, uh, I like this match a lot. Is a hot open to the show, and the Brandon Color spot was fucking hilarious. And I usually <laughs> hate goofy shit like this, but and I'm not a huge Brandon Color fan either, but it was hilarious. Like he was so sad and disappointed at the same time, but he never stopped spraying. <laughs> The look of horror he had on his face, but he never (laughs) let go of the trigger. He's like, "Ah, why did I do this? (laughs) He just Uh, kept spraying until he got pulled off the apron. was fucking comedy gold. I I loved that spot. I mean, there was a lot of other good stuff in the match, but that was like the standout (laughs) moment of that match. I mean, I, I will say the Young Bucks are... Them working as a heel team is always better to me. I don't know if this is just me.
1: No, I agree with you, man. Th- them as heels are way better than them as baby faces. Them as, but uh, I agree. I like they're they're basically like the heel equivalent of the Rock and Roll Express, It's modern day, which is so, kind of
0: interesting. I can see that. What didn't? Someone call like compare them to Midnight Express and Jim Cornette lost his oh, shit. Oh,
1: he he fucking <laughs> blew a gasket, dude. Oh my god. <laughs> can't call the, the Bucks. What they call, what does he call them? Oh, I can't remember. He changes their fucking nickname every week. Can't compare them to fucking Dennis Condry and fucking and, and Stan Lane and motherfucking Bobby. Eaton. Don't you do it.
0: <laughs> He's not wrong. I mean, you can't really compare <laughs> two, but uh, I will say that match was good. That was a really fun match. I'll say that.
1: It was a good opening, man. It made me excited for the rest of the show. And with the rest of the show, I think that we should talk about the segment where basically, kind of like how Roman was doing previously the week before, Kenny Omega comes out and cuts a promo about there's no one that he hasn't beaten already in the past. He's gone through all the competition. What the hell is there left? Uh, you know, and he lists all of his people that he's uh, taken out. And out comes, not Edge, <laughs> but the Dark Order. Um, and they petition, Evil Luno talking on behalf of everyone, that page technically is the number one contender, and he should have to go against uh, Adam Page. There's a lot of back and forth. Kenny like kind of like laughed it off as a joke. He's already beaten Page. That's done and and gone. And uh, Page actually was not happy later on in the segment. He got you know he went off on the on the uh, dark order about talking about this. It seems like they're they're still approaching that there is a level of insecurity. That Adam Page has with Kenny Omega due to their past, which I like that element. They're not, you know, forgetting stuff like certain other fucking companies do with their storylines. And I like that he's apprehensive, even though he's the next person in line. He doesn't really want to call it Omega because he doesn't want to fucking lose to Omega again. He doesn't want to do it, especially for the title. So this is a conundrum. But obviously, I think this is going to be leading to Kenny versus uh, Hangman Adam Page at All Out in September. Uh, at least that's what I think. But I like where this is going. I I liked the Dark Order. It's weird having the cool fucking wrestler. Like you wouldn't have fucking Austin hanging out with the oddities back in 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 you know the Attitude Era. But I guess I, I have to get over that perspective. Them being real this time and actually you know not being jokey jokey and and Evil Uno taking it to Kenny. And calling out the fact that Hangman Page should be should go against him for that fucking title is a good point. And I just want to see how they can get Hangman Page back basically up uh, you know, as a character. Because he's kind of been stale, to me at least, for a little while now. So they have until September, I think, to do that. And I think that's when they will pull the trigger inevitably. So what do you think, Chris, about Kenny Omega and Hangman Page? Uh, and and uh, you know the Dark Order kind of sticking up for him.
0: I'm fine with the Dark Order sticking up for him. I'm not fine with Hangman Page not having a single response really during this segment. You're talking about the early segment, right, where the Dark Order is like, we know a guy, and then he just no shows.
1: Yeah, and do you think it was weird that he went off on them? Like, is he just insecure about Kenny Omega? Like, what the hell's going on with Hangman Page? What's his excuse?
0: I don't know, hopefully he's just like still weird about their friendship and it's not like he's part of the elite. Because I don't know if my body could
1: handle that. Or the Bullet Club. I'm over that shit, man. Oh, you know what I want to talk about that I almost forgot? So, Frankie Kazarian is now called the elite killer or the elite hunter. And Jericho pointed out his new shirt, I want to get it, it's kind of like a Punisher thing. And he started calling him the Punisher when he went out there and attacked uh, Gallows and Anderson during the tag match. So I like this whole weird – Frank Kazarian, if you guys haven't seen it, it wasn't on an actual fucking show. But he cut an amazing <laughs> pro- promo that they put on Twitter. That was one of the best promos I've seen in a long time. I love you, Frank Kazarian. I love the Elite Hunter, the Punisher, whatever the hell you're going for. I think it's awesome. If you want to be Frank Castle in, w- in uh, AEW, almost at WWE, don't get mad at me on Twitter. Um, fucking do it, dude. I think this is great.
0: I love it, too. It needs to be on the main show way more. Frankie Kazarian uh, is someone that des- deserves and has earned, because you deserve it, but also has earned a title run. And he would be a great, great champion, I think. But I, I love the gimmick he's doing right now. Be amazing. It'd be awesome if he beat Kenny Omega. I don't ever see it happening. I don't know why wrestling companies don't see that in Frankie Kazarian like I do, but goddamn, he might be one of the most underrated wrestlers of all time. Dude, solid in ring work. Great, great mic. Frankie, if you ever want to come on the show and just let us blow you for a while. <laughs> We'll do it. <laughs> we'll do, do it. your buddy it's... Christopher Daniels. <laughs> yeah, we, we love you, bud. Uh, no, I think he's absolutely great, and I like what they're doing. I just want to see more of it on the main product, man. I I'm... Yeah,
1: not just run-ins. Like, I want to see this developing instead of on these fucking YouTube shows.
0: Yeah, have him drop Brandon Cutler next week or something. You know what I mean? Like, if he's the elite killer, like, have him actually kill someone, not just do a run-in and, and throw some punches. You know, Randy Orton is the legend killer. Guess what he does to legends?
1: <laughs> he, he gets rid of them. And they go and they They're go gone. and retire in Jacksonville. Yeah. Uh. Here's,
0: you know, that's the whole that that's the only problem with this that I have is like they when they first started this, I thought they were going to start disappearing one by one, which I'd have been so cool with, like. And then Kenny's just spazzing out. And even if Kenny retained the title, you would have had a good build up to a story, right? Where Kazarian's, like, taking them out one by one, systematically. And, and I also pitched the same story for Dexter Loomis when he was feuding yep. with the Undisputed Error. And I'm like, why are you guys not doing this? Like, you guys all want this Punisher-type <laughs> gimmick or serial killer-type gimmick, but you don't want to follow through with it. So we just have yep. run-ins. Uh, I don't know. It's weird, but I love Kazarian and I, I like this angle and I want to know where it goes. But if it just ends up with him in a match with like Carl Anderson, I don't. I'm not going to care that much.
1: No, I agree. It'll be a really um, good
0: fucking match, though. I'll say that it'll be a really good match. So I, I'll kind of care, I should say.
1: <laughs> yeah, that would actually technically be a really good. They're they're really good in ring wrestlers, so. I do agree. It would be a good match, but we just wouldn't care about the uh, the story. But I do think that Frankie should be put on the top. He should be up there in the food chain along with some of the other wrestlers. You know, he's not. What is he like? Is he f- even 40 yet? I mean, <sighs> it doesn't matter. Chris Jericho is like 175 years old. In in in, in wrestling <laughs> years, yes, he is. He's 43. <laughs> It's not I that mean,
0: bad. They have Sting on their roster, bro. Sting AJ is one match. of the top wrestlers
1: in WWE, and he's like forty-four. So fuck off, Randy Orton too.
0: <laughs> yes,
1: like, which is funny because
0: Randy Orton was also the youngest WWE champion of all time. So it's really weird if you've been watching for a long time to know that random factoid.
1: I agree. All right. Man, I just saw a headline, Chris, thinking Mr. Uh, Dwayne Johnson wants to get back in the ring because he keeps on talking about wrestling, whether wanting to get drunk and high and hang out with Joe Rogan, and explain wrestling to him uh, or this new statement in which he regrets not having a longer program with Booker T. I feel like Dwayne wants to come back home and have a retirement match. Am I crazy for thinking this or do you think he's going to make another Fast and the Furious film so he can get to, I don't know, 60 at some fucking point?
0: I mean, I think all signs point to mania, right? I hope Cena, so. Cena gets ran through, and then the Rock's next. For I don't think they're taking that belt off for Roman anytime soon. They they haven't built up anyone. They're putting their eggs in one small basket. You know, a lot of eggs in one little bitty basket. If Rock shows up, but if Rock shows up, that's going to be a huge WrestleMania. Um, oh yeah. And, and I, you know, poor. I don't know why they did what they're doing with Edge right now.
1: He looks great, though.
0: Yeah, Edge looks great, but he's just going to get stacked up by Roman. If Roman's fighting, you're going to do Edge versus Cena at SummerSlam?
1: I would put Edge on Raw at the draft, man. He's definitely someone with star power that can win the title over there, honestly.
0: Yeah. Roman's not getting
1: beaten by anyone.
0: Yeah, he's going to have that thing at least until SummerSlam.
1: This last SmackDown was all about Roman Reigns, and he wasn't even there. <laughs> what did
0: Roman, What was Roman doing? What do you think Roman's day off looks hanging like? Hanging
1: out, hang, hanging out with Randy Orton apparently. I don't know.
0: I just him and Orton. They go to the gym. They stop by a Planet Smoothie. <laughs> Afterwards, they, they take out the same Madden. straw. <laughs> play some Madden.
1: Oh Lord! Well, uh, here let's let's go back into AW. Um, I thought Miro had a great TNT match with uh, Brian Pillman Jr. Very high on Pillman. I think he really needs to get away from Griff Garrison as a tag team and just be one of those guys that I think is another dude that's young that has the potential to be one of the bigger stars. The people like him. Uh, he got he got. Like, he made it believable. I thought their match was great because Miro started by just destroying him. He got his hope spot, got the better of him on the outside. Uh, And then it was like after he did his dad's, uh, you know, springboard clothesline, I think Miro shortly got back to normal and then took him out. But I really think – I'm digging Pillman Jr., man. And it's not just that documentary. I've said it for a long time. Since I met him when he was first starting in wrestling at MLW – Just drinking some beers at a bar, hanging out, waiting for that Ken Shamrock-Tom Lawler brawl in Atlanta a couple years back before AEW started. I want to see him succeed, man. I really do. And uh, Miro is great. And I don't know if Lana's going to be back with him. She was on Chris Jericho. It sounds like she still wants to be in wrestling. But I still love his promos. He he did it where he was, like, the God's champion, which I thought was great leading into this. And he thanked God for his wife being extra flexible. So I fucking love Miro. I think he's hilarious. He's great. This is the Miro I want. This is the Rusev I want in AEW. Great match by both guys. What do you think?
0: It's just hilarious that they gave Miro a manager for so many years and he never actually needed a manager. Nope. <laughs> uh, like... If Lana wants to come in and manage someone else and they do a feud with Miro or something, I'm fine with that. But like, I need emo, <laughs> your emo daddy sting promos in my life. I love it. It's great. Uh, I, I do want to say this about uh, Brian Pillman Jr. What a hell of a promo, especially your first shot on TV kind of thing. Yeah. I thought it was a really fucking good promo and a good showing. And I love that he did the... Because he was trained by uh, Lance, right? Yep. Okay. I love the Chris Jericho corner dropkick spot. Because you don't see people... Did you like how Chris Jericho, Jericho was like...
1: Uh, <laughs> Jericho was marking out when that happened. Yeah. <laughs>
0: as someone who's watched wrestling for this many years, I get really excited when I see something like that. It was like a bunch of legacies passed in one moment, <laughs> you know, like I was like, that was dope. <laughs> uh, there were some sloppy spots in the match, but he's still, he's green and, and, yeah. and also Miro works a different style than he would be used to working. Cause Miro is going to be very much WWE style. Um, but it was a good match, man. It was a lot of fun. I like seeing Miro go over. and Maybe Miro's going to take that title from Kenny Omega.
1: Definitely <laughs> someone that could.
0: Maybe he's going to sure. call him a
1: curly-headed fuck. <laughs> Just <laughs> <laughs> Call him Olivier. <laughs> no, he hates he hates Jim Cornette as much as Kenny does. <laughs> yes. That doesn't mean he won't use it in a promo. <laughs> That's a good point. Jesus Christ. I yeah, hope... Uh, <laughs> I hope Reba's okay, man. That that little bump she took, uh, a rebel in her match with Britt Baker, did not look good. Uh, that's
0: just that's just one of those weird... Now, when people talk about accidents in wrestling, that's an accident in wrestling. Yep. Like, she didn't do anything crazy, landed a little weird, and tore her ACL. So she's yep. going to be gone for like six months.
1: Which well, I mean, I she was already doing the crutches thing, so I guess she could just continue doing that for the next <laughs> six months. I don't necessarily think this is a bad thing
0: for Britt Baker because I think she needs to be a baby face. Yeah. Um, so shedding the manager. I mean, it sucks for Reba. Sorry, but you can come back stronger. You can go after Britt when you come back. Like, I'm not saying, like, Reba's holding her back or anything, but it's, like, one less heel thing about Britt. You know, like, if you shed yeah, the Yeah,
1: it, it was pretty heelish at the beginning of the match, though, to jump off the apron and be like, bitch, you got this. <laughs> she did to Rebel. <laughs>
0: yeah, well
1: that was a weird match i it
0: wasn't a bad match it was did you just feel like it was kind of there yeah and then there was the injury and and you're just like well that that was a weird that was a weird one for me i don't have anything negative to say about it because i you know the only thing i would say out of that is i hope reba has a fast return because i feel yep. like there's some fun stuff they can do with her and brit but Britt right now is uh I don't know, she's not a heel. I know they're trying so hard, but it's it's just not <laughs> the fans are not into her being a bad guy. No, neither are my cheer. Neither of my uh, nieces. <laughs> they want to cheer her.
1: <laughs> I agree with you. Last thing that happened at AEW, uh match between MJF and Sammy Guevara. I thought it was a great match, but I am gonna be one of those people. It should have ended – It, it that, that fucking Tombstone Pile Drive for the second rope should have ended the match. There was no reason to keep on going. Sammy, get back from that. Do the 450 off the fucking ropes to uh, – whatchamacallit, MJF, get another false uh, pin, which made no sense, and then have Sean Spears come out and hit him in the head with a fucking chair. MJF, that looked devastating. That was the perfect ending for that match. I really do believe that. I liked the match between both guys. thought it was a great grudge match. To me, it could have been a pay-per-view between the two of them. I'm more interested in seeing MJF and Sammy than fucking MJF and, and Chris Jericho anymore. I'm, I just don't care. Chris took a nasty bump, getting thrown off the fucking top part to concrete by Wardlow. I don't know why he did that, especially since his elbow that he fell on is fucked up a bit still. Uh, so just, just a weird ending, but a great match. I just... Chris, is it just me or should it just it should have ended at that tombstone? Like, why did you need to have a false finish and a headshot with a fucking chair? I don't get it. I know
0: Alvarez said the same thing with his match review and a few other people. It's like if you're going to do a second rope tombstone, that should just be it. But we also live in a world where Kazuchika Okada hits a 360 tombstone and people kick out.
1: That's a
0: good point. So I guess it just depends on how you'd look at it. The idea was they were trying to make Sammy look strong at a loss, and I think they did a good job of that. Um, the the one thing I will say about Sammy, he, do you know how Shawn Michaels would do all these reversals and then just get his head took off? Yep. So Sammy's, like, doing those spots, but he's the baby face in this
1: match. So yeah. it
0: just looked like he was doing a lot of work. <laughs> for no reason to me outside of that. I thought it was a really good match. I love Sammy Guevara. I love MJF. It's um, that one. I, I think they planted the seed. That it's not done. You know, even though Sammy lost, he wasn't outmatched or outwitted or anything. So you can build that down the line, which is fine. And the, the Jericho bump was a little gnarly. Maybe he felt like he needed one gnarly bump because people were calling him out on Twitter or something.
1: Don't break your elbow over that, bro. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, yep. But uh, good, good dynamite. Uh, kind of connected to it, not really. But Impact, their biggest highlight was Don Callis had uh, Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers for Team Callis going against Team Dreamer, which was Moose, Chris Sabin, and Sammy Guevara. Moose and Chris Sabin are going to be having a match at Bound for Glory. Obviously, Sammy's going against Kenny for that belt. But it was Team Impact and Moose and Chris put their shit, you know, to the side for this match. Really great three-on-three match. Um, The biggest thing I took away from this, I want a Chris Saban-Kenny Omega match. (laughs) Like, my God, when they were in the ring together, just natural chemistry. And I'm I'm sure Kenny puts Chris up there as far as someone that inspired him that was, you know, doing their thing when Kenny was coming up, basically, in the industry. So, um, Obviously, because Don Callis got involved and I think he knocked Tommy Dreamer into Moose and that caused a bunch of, you know, confusion and whatnot. Uh, they lost Kenny Omega one, but I'm looking forward to Moose and and uh, and Chris Sabin, and definitely looking forward to, I think it's in two weeks, Kenny Omega against Sammy Guevara for that title. Interesting match, uh, to say the least. Um, that's going to be violent. I don't know why Kenny's like, Hey, you know what? My back's fucked up. I'm going to go fight Sammy Callahan in a match. Uh, Jesus.
0: Well, I mean, he he probably figures that he doesn't have to do a lot of wrestling in that match. (laughs) It's like a night off for Kenny Omega.
1: (laughs) So we are just going to brawl around like three tables.
0: (laughs) Well, tables, that breaks your fall to the floor.
1: (laughs) Geez, really, yeah, think talk to it. Kevin Owens about that <laughs> from SmackDown on Friday. Fuck.
0: Oh, Jesus Christ. Poor KO. Um, yeah, no, I'm excited for the Sammy Callahan Omega. Omega's just they've done a good job of switching up his opponents that make me interested in the matches. They really have. Yeah, like, they gave us Moose. We got Jungle Boy. We had Ambrose. We had um rich swan those are all been different matches so
1: say what you will talk uh orange cassidy
0: yeah like say what you will but all of those wrestlers are very different you know like it's not like seeing the same match over and over and over again which i i appreciate about this title run the run-ins are a little annoying which is why i was glad when kenny just straight beat jungle boy um but yeah, we'll see what happens. Sammy Callahan thinks weird. Who's going to help Sammy? Because... <laughs> you just, you just Yeah, maybe. You just invited an entire roster to beat the hell out of you in a match. Basically. <laughs> the entire Bullet Club. <laughs> it's That's just one of those things where like... If you're chasing the title, you shouldn't be like... Let's do a no DQ match. I see that you're NWO. <laughs> i'm rick flair by myself <laughs> you know like it's just a dumbass ass baby face thing um the chris sabian thing i think they have wrestled before in a tag Oh, team. have
1: they Ta- i need to look tag- that up
0: tag teams um i'm trying to remember what tag team chris was in at the time i know he's wrestled uh, alex shelley before but definitely check that stuff out uh but I never singles, as far as I know. I could be wrong, but I've never seen them in a the singles match. But they definitely did some tag team stuff together.
1: If if Kenny sticks around, which I think after he loses the title, he'll lose the title. But if they do have two matches in the in between time, if you will, still would love to see him and Eddie Kingston in a match. And I'd love to see him in a one-on-one match with Chris Sabin uh, before he drops that to whoever. Because, I mean, no offense to Sammy. I think Sammy's a great psychology a lot of the stuff i like about jake snake roberts i like about sammy callahan but i mean when it comes to technical wrestling i want to see someone that can bring it to kenny's level and so far it's an impact at least it's been rich swan moose is great but he's a big guy that's athletic i want to see an omega match and i think that say and edwards are perfect for that type of trade-off if you will an impact
0: No, I agree with you 100%. The biggest problem with the Callahan for me is that Kenny Omega just beat Moxley in like a barbed wire death match. He beat Eddie Kingston. You know, like Callahan's just another one of those guys that Omega's going to notch up on his belt. Probably. It's like, you're like... All right, Sammy Callahan's coming for you. He's like, yeah, well, I just kicked John Moxley's ass. I'm not too super concerned about you right now, kind of thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, I mean, that's the problem with Kenny yep. Omega and, and the Impact in general is, outside of Moose, they've not made me think that anyone would even have a shot of beating Kenny Omega. Which is why, like, bringing someone back like a James Storm or a past champion would make a lot of sense. Uh, in that particular situation.
1: What's AJ Styles doing? He can he can defend. <laughs> the honor of Impact Wrestling.
0: Do, do you think that Vince would even know. If AJ Styles worked at an Impact match. He probably wouldn't know.
1: <laughs> Until like- he likes. AJ starts off by going. Hey everyone. Don't tell Vince about this shit. Okay. Just be quiet. All right. All right. Promo style. From Gainesville. My name is J.A. Styles. With a Z. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Instead of, Morrison. we don't want none, we want everything. We want everything. We want everything. You don't want none. God damn it. Do you want to talk about SmackDown and, and go home with this shit? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, I, I really liked all the stuff, obviously. that's They, they did a good job of changing up, finally, because the whole Jey Uso, Roman Reigns thing was kind of getting a bit stale. They bring Jimmy in it. Jay's like, fuck you guys, you guys are ridiculous, gets the hell out of there. And now it's been more about Jimmy trying to prove himself to Roman. This night, Roman didn't show up. Um, And that would be at the detriment of Jimmy. So Edge comes out at first, talks a lot of truths about how he was supposed to have a match for winning the Royal Rumble against Roman. Daniel Bryan got involved, yada, yada, yada. Excluding the fact that, yeah, uh, you still got stacked up and pinned. You know, kind of blaming it on Daniel Bryan and not really... Well, he, he kind of owned up to it, but it would end up, and we'll just knock out that. We'll talk about some of the other stuff, including the uh, the last man standing match. Holy shit. But uh, Jimmy would come out. He thinks that Roman's somewhere in the arena, like hiding, and he's not, and he comes to confront Edge, and Edge kicks the shit out of him. And just like when he was showing at the beginning, which Edge cut an awesome promo, uh, of how he took a fucking metal bar and did the crossface that he's now using as a finisher uh, you know, to Roman. He does the exact same thing to Jimmy after beating his ass up, and uh, that's how they go off the air. So no Roman. He didn't help out Jimmy, and Edge is more pissed off. But you know, we kind of talked about this, and you mentioned it, how it seems like Edge is going to be a throwaway just for this pay-per-view. And then apparently the word is him and Seth Rollins. Is supposed to build something seth was on the show bitching about the fact that edge got to cut him in line because he felt like seth had been on a track record been winning he should be the one going against roman so i would expect most likely seth rollins to cost edge that match and that lead to or try to cost it for roman maybe and then fuck over edge in the in the process and that would leads to seth rollins the architect against the ultimate, the ultimate opportunist, Edge at at uh, at SummerSlam, which should, would be an awesome match. But how'd you like the stuff involved with Jimmy Uso and him getting his ass kicked by Edge? I mean, it was,
0: it's what I would do if I was building towards a Money in the Bank match. I think the stuff you bring up with Seth is more interesting because I made this prediction long time ago of seth just joining roman's crew as like their outside i don't want to say cleaner but uh hitman type guy and i could see I like that, that. Happening i really this, do i could see this happening at this pay-per-view and then roman beats john cena and then you slowly start to see the change in in seth because they don't know if they're gonna get the rocket mania so seth would be a good opponent opponent for roman Right? Yeah. And so if you build that up, that, w- that would make sense story w- storyline-wise. Uh, which is... I threw that out there months ago, so I'm glad... I, to me, it seems like that's what they're going with. Like, just Edge pissing Does- off Seth is enough for Seth to get involved and then just become part of this family with his former S.H.I.E.L.D. brethren. Yeah. <laughs> Adopted.
1: Does pardon. a uh, Seth Rollins versus Edge match at, at SummerSlam intrigue you? Because there's always been, and Edge has called us out a bunch too, Certain, I guess probably because how they won their TLC when they were heels and whatnot. There's been a lot of similarities called out between the two's careers. So I would love a Seth Rollins versus Edge. Edge being this edgy, <laughs> no pun intended, edgy babyface going against you know, this asshole version of Seth who possibly might have some in cahoots with Roman Reigns. I do love that idea.
0: It was the sim- similarities that they pull their hair back like a bazillion times before they make a comeback.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 Is that the similarities people are seeing? Cause in ring, there's nothing similar. about no. In Ro-
1: ring. No, no. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Oh, be, and I call pass. it now. SummerSlam ending, will be edge going for a spear and fucking Seth getting in with the stomp in the air. And everyone's going to freak out about it. It's going to be right great. Now.
0: No, that's a bold prediction. And that's one that might come true. And the fans just, they're going to lose their mind. The listeners of the show will be like, oh, man, you remember when they, they called that? Called I that keep on trying to call
1: stuff. It. So hopefully something will happen. <laughs> yeah, eventually. see, like.
0: It always comes off as a bold prediction, regardless of how many you do, as long as you hit the one big one, it's fine. <laughs> if you're like, oh, he's a prophet. <laughs> I've been doing it my entire life. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but yeah, no, nah, I, I, Seth is getting involved in that match, I think. And then he, Seth versus... uh honest Seth- Seth- day, uh, Edge. But Edge can't take two losses in a row, so he has to beat. He almost has
1: to beat. Yeah. S-
0: well, I don't know. Can Edge just take two losses and no one cares? I mean, he just got stacked up like, like a quart of wood, as Brian Alvarez would say.
1: <laughs> middle of the <laughs>
0: ring at WrestleMania, and no one seems to give a shit. So <laughs> I guess, hey, wins and losses don't matter. <laughs> Dane.
1: Ah, oh, Lord. Well, here's something that they did that I did not see happening. So for some reason, everyone gets to have normal matches to get into the money in a bank. Uh, because Sammy's annoying, they make him do a last man standing against KO. Kevin Owens is like Kenny Omega right now. He's supposed to, from what all the bigger, you know, named uh, people out there in journalism, including Dave Metzler, said. He's banged up and he's he's been, you know, told that he'll get some time off. So I thought this was the perfect opportunity to do that. And they had a great last man standing match. It was, it was awesome. Um, that table spot was so gnarly. At one point, Kevin Owens put stack two tables and that would later come back to originally Sammy trying to, I forgot what he was. He was trying to basically, I don't know if it was like a brain buster, but that didn't happen. And then later on, Kevin would be slung over him through both tables Somehow Kevin Owens beats Sammy. I love the ending because the the uh, they had a spot where the table was supposed to break and Kevin Owens somehow didn't, didn't destroy the announce table. And so he takes Sammy and fucking power bombs him through the announce table, then through a table, and then gives him a power bomb on the apron. But it was such a callback to a lot of their matches in the past. I thought that Sammy should go over, and this should be the match that Kevin can kind of like start his – his break, but it looks like they asked him to do the uh, money in the bank Uh, SmackDown, just like raw is going to have a chance for some of the people to get a spot back in that match. Um, So I'm sure Sammy might end up being in this match again, Uh, but really great last man standing match could have been a great pay-per-view match, honestly. And they beat the living hell out of each other. I just, the booking decision like Sammy at one point, gave Kevin Ow- Owens like the halloo of a kick like three times in a row. I mean, there, there, there were so many spots where Sammy could have just won the match, but I guess they offered Kevin some money to do Money in the Bank, man. That's all I can think of because like I said, he's supposed to be taking some time off to heal up, and now he's going to be in the Money in the Bank match.
0: Yeah, but what if they told him to win Money in the Bank and then not wrestle, just cut promos from away CM Punk style?
1: But but Big E's got to fucking win the Money in the
0: Bank, Chris. Big E E is penciled in for Raw. I don't think he's going to win Money in the Bank. I know a Mm. lot of people are really high on that, but I don't see that happening. Um, Kevin Owens, now that he's thrown in the match, especially knowing he's injured, I could easily see him winning Money in the Bank. Also, I could see him going through, like, 17 fucking ladders because it's Kevin Owens. He's like, oh, I'm injured? Let me throw myself through 100 ladders, please.
1: <laughs> I feel and bad And he'll for... give us the best noises while that's happening to him. <laughs> oh! no! Like, he always makes those type of fucking weird, like, Simpson. <laughs> he sounds like Homer. He really does. Like, listen to Kevin Owens when he's getting his ass kicked. That's what he makes, like, the noises about.
0: Any mic'd up Kevin Owens is funny. He's like, hey, you're a fuck—you're a butthead, eh? <laughs> Oh, just, I love him. like in the corner especially when him and sammy would tag uh when they were heels he would just say the most random funny things it's like you look like a clown bud."
1: <laughs> like
0: it's like letter style humor <laughs> i i love kevin owens so much i i could see him doing that if he's hurt he could win money in the bank then there's no pressure on the rest of the roster like will he cash in will he not ca- cash in it's like You can set a date for Kevin Owens cashing in, especially because he's already had a feud with Roman. And then that gives you a Roman match in between where you can build it up and Kevin to be sitting at home is like on this date, I'm coming for you, Roman, regardless of what you're doing. And I'm just going to sit at home (laughs) until then, you know, you could do that kind of thing. So I could see them doing something like that.
1: I would love vignettes with his cats in it back at his house with the Money in the Bank briefcase, like, oh, <laughs> hey, I'm taking vacation with well, my family, yay. Hey, this is, uh, is going to be for you in the future, Roman. Letting you know that. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm going I'm to go heal up and go in the pool. <laughs> see, that would be great, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah, I could see them doing something like that. Um, Otherwise, yeah, Biggie is just going to get Money in the Bank. But he's not... cat. I mean, he would be cashing in on whoever is Raw champion, I guess. They're not... That the Roman spot is just so. That thing is going to be so guarded because they really want the rock.
1: What the fuck are they going to do afterwards? The Rock's not winning that. So then what do they do? Do they try to position Roman as a baby face? Finally?
0: I mean, the rock could win it and drop the title. Oh,
1: man, people will get pissed off The Rock beats Roman Reigns. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Just like Go they got to pissed Hollywood. off when Roman won the Royal Rumble and The Rock came out. There are wrestling fans that know The Rock better as an actor than a wrestler. Is, is, is The Rock's daughter still in... Um,
0: yeah ...developmental? Maybe he'll do something with her and that'll line up. And I don't know, man. That's... It was a little too soon last year when we called <laughs> it, but that seems like where they're building. They're like Roman's gonna demolish everyone,
1: <laughs> unless they're Ro- gonna
0: bring back Roman
1: Co- talks. <laughs> Roman talks to the <laughs> Roman talks to the Usos, and like even Paul Heyman just like gives like these shocked eyes, like you're gonna go beat up the Rock's daughter at NXT. I'm like wait, what? What are you gonna do? And then you just go cut the Jimmy and Shade is kicking the shit out of her. Rock fucking shows up on the next on SmackDown or whatever the hell. Uh, that's not going to happen. That's a joke, everyone. By the way, that's good heel shit, though. <laughs> you, you're going to beat up the Rock's daughter. What? And Paul's awesome. like, ah, excuse me.
0: <laughs> this is. This also could lead to Paul being like, you know, I'm more on the the Brock side of this situation now.
1: <laughs> it's not what the Rock says; it's what the Brock says. It's a Brock party, baby. <laughs> Oh, uh, I miss Brock Party, Brock. <laughs> Brock Party, it only lasted
0: three weeks, but goddamn, was it a good three weeks?
1: <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, the last, last couple things. I wanted to say hey, guys, I understand you don't have a lot for her to do in the meantime. I don't know exactly what the hell's going on with Sasha. Um, but I don't care about Bayley versus Bianca anymore, and you guys have not shown any interest. It's like deep down as like the thing I care least about, I think, on SmackDown now. Am I the only one that's like that? Or I care more about what's going on with Money in the Banks for the women's division than I do with the actual SmackDown title uh, stuff going on with Bayley and Bianca. I just well, got bored s- of it. You just
0: pointed out a giant plot hole in this entire Money in the Bank thing where
1: the women can just
0: announce they're in the money in the bank, but the men have to qualify for it.
1: Unless you live Morgan. And then you have to fucking beat, I guess, two people that are already just officially qualified. We'll talk about Zelina Vega next. That's our last uh, thing to we'll talk about. But yeah, what the fuck's up with that? They <laughs> this is why you don't hire
0: people that don't watch wrestling. <laughs>
1: oh, Jesus. Um,
0: but, uh, Okay, so what was what was the original question? Because I got sidetracked.
1: Do you care about Bianca Belair against Bailey? She's already beaten her twice. I know they're trying to basically get time going until building up for whoever against her at Summerslam. But is this ba- doing Bailey any good?
0: If Bailey beats her, I'm fine with it.
1: Well, there you go. That's a good point.
0: Because Bianca's not moved anything. I don't hear a lot of. I mean, people like Bianca, but it's not like they're super hyped after she won the title.
1: Are they trying to see what happens once the live audience comes back this month? Yeah, but they're
0: they're coming back at Money in the Bank, right?
1: Um. Yeah. Yeah, they'll be at Money in the Bank.
0: Yeah, so I guess I mean maybe that'll be how much do you hate Bailey? I'm gonna laugh really hard. It's like. <laughs> was like what did they if i ever go back to a live event i'm going to get this chant started by the way
1: bailey's gonna hug you <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Let's get if she were that if chance, she were to fans. respond that she's done a great job as a heel if she were to respond to that like stop it kind of like how uh the <laughs> hell no chant instead of the <laughs> hell yeah chant with uh daniel Bryan.
0: yeah yeah it would be awesome Fans out there listening to the show, if you're going to a a soon WWE event and see (laughs) Bailey, sabotage. Bailey's gonna hug. I feel. I I mean, I've come around the corner on Bailey. I just absolutely love her now. And uh, the perfect opponent for heel Bailey is Shotzi. Shotzi's just perfect. Their goofiness would work so well together.
1: Where the fuck is Sasha?
0: (laughs) That I don't know, man. You Big would think money. that
1: maybe it's going to be Bianca versus Sasha at SummerSlam, or Bailey beats Bianca and it's either a three-way or it's Bailey and Sasha at SummerSlam. Which Are is we talking really about? Key.
0: I mean, is Sasha going to just show up for Money in the Bank? How, did they already maybe. fill all
1: the spots?
0: Like she could win Money in the Bank. That's a good point. She could. Um, but outside of that, like, I've not heard anything about Sasha at all. I mean, I've heard people ask, like, where's Sasha? But you're also talking about a person who legitimately asked out of their contract not that long ago. Ugh. And then set out for three months and then got a title run and then has done nothing since then. Like, I'm I'm not saying anything negative about Sasha. I think she's a great worker. I think she just really hates working there, honestly. Like. Yeah, I I think she was happy putting over Bianca Belair and having a big match. But like that day-to-day grind, she seems like she just doesn't like it. And I don't know there's a
1: cure for that, except for leaving. Uh, I don't know. But I know she didn't help herself recently because she had that. I mean, it wasn't anti-vaxxing, but it just basically was for putting up a meme and people just fucking went off on her um as of recently but uh uh, i i don't know i I like sasha banks a lot i think the boss is a great character and also if there's some i'm just gonna say this about that situation if there is any fucking white people bitching at her about that go look up the tuskegee experiments and find out why maybe african-americans would be apprehensive of getting a fucking shot that's government or or you know, mandate or whatever. So that's that's here nor there, but I know that's been going around as well. Uh, they oh, want her really? off of Mandalorian, Chris.
0: So they so she came out and said that specifically. She was like, I don't
1: trust it. She put a she she put up a meme, uh like I think it was last week and people fucking just went berserk. It was a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, it was a week ago.
0: I mean like the there's nothing wrong with not trusting the government <laughs> to some extent. Let's just go with that and then move this conversation along before it turns into a Dane, Dane and Chris rant.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you. <laughs> that that almost hey, Here's the last a different big thing. show. <laughs> Here, here's the last big thing. What does it mean that Zelina Vega is now back and she lost to Liv Morgan after being qualified automatically? Still Liv has not. That's a storyline they're doing, but she's qualified for money in the bank. So to bring her back as a wrestler, but Zelina Vega is back with WWE. We know that the rumblings were that, uh, her Samoa Joe and, and Aleister Black were all people that people were not happy with that got let go. Apparently WWE apologized to Zelina Vega from what accounts say about, you know, her getting kicked out because of the whole entire social media, you know, her on Twitch, basically. Um, Her being back, does that mean that Alistair Black might be coming back? Or with the rumors that he's had offers from AEW, Ring of Honor, Impact, all the big companies, including AEW, do you think that, and he has the rights to be able to use his original theme music that was very popular with him, can Alistair, might Alistair come back to SmackDown because his wife is back on the product, or do you think that he's still going to go with another option I would say most likely AEW.
0: So I've heard different rumors about this because she was signed before he got released. They had already re-signed her.
1: Okay, that makes a lot more sense then. So then when he got
0: released, it was like, why the hell would you re-sign my wife and then fire me? Um I don't know, man. I guess wherever the money goes. I, what Alistair said at home and made lots of money <laughs> to do nothing in WWE. I'll take that job. WWE, if you want to send me a paycheck every week <laughs> to sit here and not do anything.
1: Yeah, no, no shit,
0: but I don't know, man. I, I guess it just depends on what Tommy and Alistair black wants to do. If he wants to go wrestle, I, I would assume he's going to end up in new Japan or AEW. Those are the two landing spots that make the most sense. He would be at, Yeah, so like the 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 big thing right now is New Japan with the COVID nineteen and still being rampant over. They're not bringing anyone in, so like people like Daniel Bryan or uh, Alistair Black, people that you would think would be perfect for New Japan, are kind of in the in the waiting room, so to speak. Um, but I could see Alistair going to like AEW. It makes perfect sense, right?
1: Yeah, and especially like a Daniel Bryan. Well, more so with Daniel because of how how big he is, Brian Danielson, at that point. I think Alistair could work out like other people have. Like, I'd like to work with this company. Would that be okay? But I want to be at AEW. And I'm sure Tony would be like, yeah, go to New Japan. Probably be really, really excited and happy. Um, like he always is, or seems like he is in most interviews. And very much like he drank a lot of coffee. I'll just put it that way.
0: <laughs> Alistair Black getting over the the evil demon gimmick in New Japan, I think, would do a hell of a lot of it for his career here in America.
1: I would love to see him over there, join Suzuki Goon. <laughs> let let the murder murder grandpa should escort him to the ring, his new prize pupil, <laughs> and just watch with a big smile on his face as he kicks the living shit out of everyone.
0: I would love to see Alistair Black versus
1: Naito. I'll tell you that. That'd be fine. Oh, uh, Jesus. My body's not ready.
0: <laughs> no one's body's ready for that. So many hard kicks.
1: <laughs> or Kota. Alistair versus Kota Ibushi. They, they destroy each other, man. They kill each other. In the best way possible.
0: Yeah, and I mean, outside of Jay White, there's not really that Gaijin guy right now. So Alistair would fit in perfectly. But like I said, New Japan's got some money troubles because they haven't been able to do any live shows for almost two years at this point. And uh, they're not vaccinated in the same way America is vaccinated. Apparently, that's still like a big problem over there. That's they're still dealing with the pandemic,
1: um, which sucks. Well, WWE is going to buy them soon. So maybe Alistair's staying over in WWE and he's going to cover new japan represent nxt new japan you know
0: i mean it might be possible if they can't do any live shows for the next six months <laughs> you know like so we're gonna bring NXT. you guys
1: over here and you're gonna be on be in florida it's a great place and we're gonna get it back and going and then we'll go back home to the tokyo dome and alish black and uh, suzuki and uh, whoever is gonna have a great match shut up
0: now now I will say they are doing live shows but it's like you know if they're doing 25,000 30,000 at the Tokyo Dome right now they're doing like 2000 because of restrictions and stuff Ugh. so it's that New Japan is not the same as like WWE or AEW those TV no. contracts are not just giving them fat loads of money so that part of the market is still very important live shows are still very important to New Japan so uh, I, I, and there's a great article, uh, Wrestling Observer, uh, Uncle Uncle Dave, did a good write-up of this, and he's talked about it. It's like, the reason New Japan's not bringing in some of these guys that people are wanting them to bring in is like, one, they can't get into the country, and two, like, the money's kind of tight. That's why you see the cards that are like five matches, as opposed to like eight.
1: It's a very good point, man. That's why it seems like a lot of people that are involved in New Japan, if they want to still be doing stuff actively, a lot of them have come over here to be able to be on New Japan Strong and, you know, and them working with MLW with Tom Lawler as their champion, but also having a lot of people within New Japan, a part of it with Girls of Destiny that are over here, uh, Kojima, who's also in Impact now, you know. They're trying to keep afloat is what I'm trying to say, but it's got to be a big hit when they're not able to sell out the places that they've been selling out for, for years. Uh, it's got to be taking a, a, a smack at them. I'm wondering, do you think that's the reason why WWE want to talk to them about possibly doing something to begin with? Because they know that they're kind of struggling. Maybe they can help with their talent, have some big matches to get people into it, and then eventually obviously influx some WWE talent over there and two of them possibly being Alistair Black returning or, or Daniel Bryan because we know they want to in work with new Japan.
0: What did, what did, what does Jim Cornette call the other con the one that works for WWE daddy con? Uh,
1: yeah, I think so.
0: This guy that just fired 40 people, taking advantage of a, a financial situation for a different
1: company yes i would i would think
0: that they're very much <laughs> uh,
1: i don't put that past nikon is one thing but i don't put that past triple h and uh, vince <laughs> either i mean that's smart business i mean you can
0: you can like it or not like it but it's smart business so it makes sense i would just say uh, they're not going bankrupt like New Japan's no. not gonna like you know if they don't do any business this year they're not gonna like die or anything, but you're not gonna see them paying Daniel Bryan three hundred thousand dollars to work six matches either, because that's just dumb.
1: <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> unless he's attached to an actual company that's paying for it for him to travel over there and do it uh, by helping them out, but that, that would way. make me that would make me think that. you know we know that they try to purchase three other companies why not go for the biggest one when they're having such a financial you know issue right now so we we don't need fucking all japan or fucking dragon gate or or or, or pro wrestling no new japan you know we'll buy you and triple h will put his flag over in japan it could happen man i don't want it to but who knows
0: Uh new Japan's owned by a parent company though, right? So I mean there's always that's the other side of that. There's still financial behind them, but you know, if they're consistently losing money, that is never a good look. You look at the assets and you can see what you you could sell off. But I mean, I think that tape library alone in Japan is worth more than like MLW, (laughs) like as a company. No shit. Like, if you, if you go all the way back to, like, the 70s with that tape library, especially if you're talking about not here, but in Japan, like, the the their network alone should be worth a good amount of money there. So that would be a huge deal between WWE or Peacock or whoever's going to own. That's the other thing is who's going to own WWE in a year.
1: Oh uh- <laughs> <Yeah>, no shit. <laughs> um, oh, I'm going to buy it out.
0: Uh, disney the disney wwe um oh, yeah just just it's just a weird thing man disney wwe starts at 2003 <laughs> they're like here it is it goes from like 1983 to like 91 and then <laughs> just straight to 2003 <laughs> it's, it skips like a huge gap yeah <laughs> <laughs> And then me and you have to like talk about it, and then people are gonna be like, "That shit doesn't exist. What are you talking about?" I'm like, "I promise you, it's not that. there. It's not real. <laughs>
1: damn, no Still shit. real to me, hey. damn it." <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, hey man, if if uh if anything, maybe they can get the programmer to rework their fucking application, because if if we can get the guy that did the WWE Network to like. If I could just go in and watch every fucking G1 tournament in order, that's that's available, or watch pay-per-views from a date go all the way back, and not have to fucking do all this like legwork to find all the Wrestle Kingdoms in order, probably be a little bit easier as a fan to go do that. But I got I got annoyed with that app very quickly and was like, you know what, fuck it, I don't care anymore. I was gonna watch probably. every Wrestle Kingdom, but I can't find the first one, so fuck them. <laughs>
0: So, I mean, to be fair, if you spoke Japanese, it might make it hurt. You could read kanji. it might make You're going to have an
1: English version. This is America, damn it. This is the 4th <laughs> of fucking July. All right, on this day, de- on this day, <laughs> I see clearly.
0: Play- <laughs> I'm AJ Styles,
1: man. I think New Japan needs to figure out their stuff so they can get it better. Um, The network. That's Tryna, what I'm saying.
0: Trying to record these. With my microsoft studio to put together although seriously
1: <laughs> although seriously like if you talk to new japan you're like hey we're going to bring over so and so and so and so build them up make new japan a little bit more to the commercial audience and then once you guys start up we're going to send you aj styles daniel Bryan, alistair black you know right off the back to be a part of whatever i think they would fucking be down for that um collaboration working together is going to keep other companies afloat because of this huge devastating pandemic and what it did financially to a lot of companies but hey that's that that means wwe's got to extend a hand and yeah,
0: you know. yeah wwe just made the most money of all time for their company because they didn't do any travel dates shut up <laughs> they did, my and, cat and they signed those tv deals before <laughs> covid hit so <laughs> I mean that's just luck of the draw on that, but they they or they've made more money the past couple of years than they've ever had in the entire company's history. Uh, so WWE is the one that you don't really have to worry about. It's more like your Impacts and your Ring of Honor's and your NWA's and New Japan's of the world that don't have these massive TV con that Fox contracts. Like I can't even remember what it was, Dane. It was like. Four hundred, I can't even remember. It's like four hundred six million or something. It was a ridiculous amount of money. It
1: doesn't help that we're able to like do stuff with Saudi Arabia for my shut up, sorry dad.
0: <laughs> yeah, but they're getting sued by Saudi, so that's the whole thing.
1: <sighs> I wouldn't want to be sued by a company that you know. Maybe held up your wrestlers for a little while the last time you were there. Yeah, like,
0: how are you going <laughs> to sue them? They were stuck at you. Like that, that should be the lawsuit. They should sue the airlines. I'm like, hey. <laughs> uh, man, what a crazy story that was. People, I think people are going to look back at it years later, and it'll be more of a deal. It'll be one of the
1: advice <laughs> documentaries. Still so be like but, WCW in Korea?
0: Yes. So me and you have talked about it a lot, but. It did just fizzle out after two weeks. It was just back to normal because oh, no. WWE. But, like, years later, I think people be like, <laughs> do you remember when, like, Miro was texting, like, get me the F out of here on Twitter after three days of being stuck?
1: And they had to do some impromptu matches on that SmackDown. Isn't that? No, no, that was that was uh, when that, that shit was going around where we had Finn Balor versus AJ Styles
0: they brought in they brought in a random announcer like god i can't even remember
1: who it was oh that's that's the night that nxt to build up for survivor series invaded the product and yeah they they were down people so they had to like do whatever yeah and that they actually had ended a- up being one of the best fucking smackdowns of that time period <laughs> where they just did everything barely without vince all at the last minute
0: weird Who's the guy that used to do Rusev Day? What was that wrestler's name? I'm blanking.
1: It in English. Yeah, he
0: was on he was on commentary, and I was like, he's great. Why not have this guy? Do I commentary? still don't know why
1: I haven't seen him show up somewhere else yet to either no, commentate maybe. or do something. You know, maybe he's just manager. Like <laughs> <laughs> well, his wife is Eddie's daughter, Eddie Guerrero's daughter. Um, I forgot what her name is, so he's in the family no matter what. You know, when it comes to wrestling. But yeah, he could be like, man, fuck this shit. But I'm just saying Aiden in English or whatever that you go by. You'd be a great wrestler manager maybe on NWA. I think that would be a perfect place for you.
0: He'd be a great wrestler in general in NWA. Guy's very underrated as an in-ring hand.
1: Well, so is his partner, man, um, who's over in MLW. Frank Gott. No, not Frank Gotch. <laughs> wait, wait. No, it was Frank Gotch. Carl Gotch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The
0: VOD villains. Everyone the knows what we're talking about. Uh, yeah. They accidentally you know hunted <laughs> the real one's head off, and then just immediately were, nothing was ever done with them after that. It was a very scary spot. You hey, know what I'm talking you know,
1: about? Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that was a scary spot. And then nothing ever happened with them. But they were such a great tag team on NXT. Like, kind of a cool intro and... I guess they can't do that. I'm assuming WWE owns the VOD villains. And a lot yeah, of that gimmick. Some, or- of those,
1: some of those tag teams, man, that they did not work out from the beginning. What's the dissension? The stuff from NXT that I saw from them, they were awesome. But I wasn't there for when they finally came to the main roster, decided to make fun of LOD constantly to get heat because Vince thought that was a smart idea. And huh, they didn't go anywhere. That's weird. Uh, yeah, remember American w- Alpha?
0: Like, anyone cares about the WWE version of LOD to begin with.
1: Why would you make them do that, though? Like, why would... <laughs> if, if you have something that's kind of similar, but they're not saying it, and they're doing well in developmental, and then you put them on the main stage and make their whole thing them burying the team they're compared to, like, what writer or person or Vince McMahon thought that, that was a fucking good idea? Just stupid. I don't know. There was this article that came out,
0: and uh, I think Tom talked about it on his podcast as well. There was the top twenty WWF tag teams of all time. They had uh, New Day as number one. Yep. And like a lot of people got pissed off about this, and I was like, think about WWF tag teams. Really think about it. you got you got the Hardys, you got mm-hmm. Edge and Christian, the Dudley Boys, I guess, right? Um yep. Usos. Yep. Um, LOD, LOD, but in Steiners, technically, um, the, Can- the Canadians would, I'm trying to think of their name, La resistance, not live resistance, uh,
1: Quebecers, you're probably the, the, co- the Quebecer, the Quebecers. Yeah. Um, yeah. I got the list. If you want me to talk about the yeah, the main let's, let's pull the
0: damn let's pull the damn list up because like I was not that baffled that New Day was ranked number one on that list.
1: All right, so I'm gonna go really quickly from 50 to 26, or you know, I actually I'll go all the way to the top 20 and then we'll slow it down. But Bushwhackers, this is this 50 down, guys, keep up with me. Bushwhackers, Too Cool, the Quebecers, Smoking Guns, Strike Force. The Head Shrinkers, Kane and X-Pac, which I'm happy that's on there because I loved Kane and X-Pac back in the day, Evolution, Eminem, The Nasty Boys, Rated RKO, Paul London and Brian Kendrick, DIY, The World's Greatest Tag Team, Money, Inc., Jerry Show, uh, Jericho and Big Show, Natural Disasters, The Street Profits, The Briscoe Brothers, Harper and Rowan, Owen Hart and British Bulldog, the Miz and Morrison, The Bar, Team Hell No, uh, Volkoff and Iron Sheik, los guerreros the apa the blackjacks the shield Wait,
0: hold on los
1: guerreros is on there yeah it's eddie and um and uh chavo
0: oh uh, okay okay never mind now you continue sorry
1: you're good <laughs> you're good i know what you're thinking of and then uh the shield and 21 was degeneration x do you want me to give you a top 20 or do you have to say anything i this so far it's not a bad list what people have to realize is that this is in WWE. That's what they're going for. So, you know, if you're mad that you don't see the Midnight Express, how much work did the Midnight Express do in WWE? Well, None. that was my that that
0: was my well let's get with the twenty and then I'll give my argument of why people are wrong in New Day. I'm not saying New Day should be number one, but they should be in the fucking top five.
1: Yeah. All right. So 20 is the undisputed era. Awesome that they're that high, which makes sense. Soul Patrol, first African American tag champions, Tony Atlas and Rocky Johnson, Mr. Fuji and uh, Toro Tanaka. If you don't know them, they were one of the biggest heel tag teams in the 70s in the WWF. And you have the Steiner Brothers, the Rock and Sock Connection, the Wild Samoans, the Rockers, the Mega Powers, the Valiant Brothers, Demolition, and then from the top ten is British Bulldogs, the Brothers of Destruction the New Age Outlaws, the Usos, LOD, the Dudleys, Edge and Christian, the Hart Foundation, the Hardy Boys, and the New Day. I actually think this is a really good fucking list for top tag teams in WWE. I really have no problem with it, honestly.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, you could shuffle that top five if you really wanted to. But I don't understand why people were so pissed the New Day was ranked number one, because what have they done for the past ten years?
1: Let's 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 go into this. New Day as a tag team or as a stable has been around longer than most. I mean, they've been going on since what, 2014? That's ridiculous. Like that never happens with fucking stables. And not only that, they've had they beat Demolition's record for having the tag titles the longest time. They're about to beat the record for having the tag titles the most amount of times. They've dominated on SmackDown and Raw. One's a world champion, one's a potential world champion. I mean, I I don't think that it's weird that the New Day won. I think that that makes a lot of sense, honestly. I mean, I, I know a lot of people wanted probably the Hardys or the Heart Foundation or maybe the Dudleys to win number one, but I have to give it to the New Day. For WWE, for their longevity, they've done it longer and better than most tag teams.
0: Well, I mean, you, you the Like I said, that, that top five would shuffle, but I don't know why people are so... Baffled by this, <laughs> like there are people like legitimately pissed off about this. They're like, "What about LOD?" And it's like, it's not. It's just WWF. Like, look Honestly, at Lisa Doom's career in WWF, and it's like that's not the LOD you think of. That's not. They're lucky Ellering. they're
1: six. They're lucky they're six on the fucking countdown for their contribution to WWF. They were bigger as the Road Warriors, like you're saying, in NWA way bigger
0: yeah like 100 and like the if you're just gonna just throw anyone out there the steiners would be on the top of my list midnight express rock and roll express like
1: yeah
0: we're just if we're just getting pissed off about random things (laughs) like where's fucking manny fernandez and
1: (laughs) and dude steiners (laughs) for the small amount of time that they were in wwe they're still fucking what uh 17 i think yeah there's 17 on this list yeah and they and they were
0: just there for a minute like the nasty boys are in this though like that see this is the thing that makes people weird about these lists is like were the nasty boys ever in wwf in a memorable thing that you remember
1: no not really Memorable
0: thing like i can't i mean i remember them from wcw i grew up watching the nasty boys like yeah i i actually kind of like the nasty boys as a kid not gonna lie
1: They're 41, Uh, though, so they're not too high. But, yeah, I agree with you. I'm glad they they remembered. Now, they have Team Hell No, Chris. But even if it's 44, I'm glad that Kane and X-Pac got on the the, the, uh, list. Because that was one of my favorite tag teams of Kane. And he was with Hurricane, X-Pac, fucking... Do they have have
0: the Rock and Sock connection on there?
1: Yeah, Rock and Sock is uh, 16. They beat the Steiner Brothers. (laughs) Mega, Mega <laughs> Powers are thirteen. This is for WWE though. This is straight up WWE. So, but it's supposed to be
0: tag team wrestling. Yeah,
1: like,
0: I know. Don't, don't get upset about the New Day winning this list. If you don't like Brothers these, of
1: Destruction, are nine. Okay.
0: Uh, well, they should be. They only had like ten matches as a team. I
1: but know they're it memorable. Seems,
0: I know it seems like a lot more, but it really. Like that's the thing about New Day and the USOs of the tag team world, or uh, God, I can't think of their name. Demolition, for instance, they were working week in week out as tag champs. Where yep. a lot of these other people, just like we're thrown together and we're tag team. Like WWE doesn't care about tag teams. Is my is more of my point. <laughs> I guess. No, they don't. Like, they don't. If they're just gonna throw random people on this list, then like. The Night Express should be on there because they they did some shows with WWE. They should be number one probably.
1: And Rock and Roll did too, but yeah. I I get why this list is this list, and I'm completely fine with it. You know the Head Shrinkers are on the fucking list. Um, they're 45, but still they're on the list. They beat the Bushwhackers, Too Cool, the Quebecers, and Smoking Guns and Strike Force actually. I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs>
0: I, I feel like uh, the Bushwhacker should be way higher up. The quarterbacker should be way... as far as WWF goes. That's that's more of my problem with this list is that it they merged a bunch of different things but didn't like quantify the list. So when you if you look at it through that lens of like of all the tag teams in the entire world, yeah, New Day doesn't seem like a number one of all time. But if yeah. you look at it from the lens of just WWF. They're definitely in the top five. It'll, it At the very least, even if you don't like the New Day, they're in the top ten. All you right. Know? So
1: before we end this and, and, and go home, your two questions, top tag team of all time, top WWE tag team of all time. I well, this is going to be controversial to a lot
0: of people, but the Siner brothers. I grew up watching the Siner brothers. That's going to be mine, uh, my number one, and my number two for WWF. Another one I grew up watching the Hardy Boys. Yeah, not, I mean Jeff and Matt are so great, even when they're not with each other, they're still so fucking great. Like, is there any more memorable moment? From a TLC match than Jeff leaping himself off like a twenty-five foot ladder through like seventeen thousand tables. <laughs> like they were great. Lita was a good addition. She would come in and hit the moonsault when the teams were being shitty. Like I I love the Hardy so much. Just recently met Jeff, great guy. Um, heart I guess the Hardys for me, man. And and out outside of that, probably you know. Looking at those tag teams, I, I would guess heart uh, the Heart Foundation maybe for me personally.
1: Um, yeah, Heart Foundation's up there, man. For I I kind of I tend to agree with you with the Hardys, but the Heart Foundation's up there because I used to love them. The Rockers were up there, and they only won the tag team titles once, but since the ropes collapsed, they never counted it. Um, they just never showed that airing. Really fucking weird concept. Apparently, they were having a great match, too. But, uh, so that sucks. But I remember being really into them. I think, to me, I would go, if it's of all time, period. I mean, from a lot of stuff. I, I love the rock and roll. I love the midnight. Uh, it's so hard.
0: Well, see, I just picked from my, like, it's like when you say Sting. That's what I did with the Steiners. I'm like Steiners. <laughs> you know. We'll yeah. See from the hip on this one because if you start digging into great tag teams, we'll be here for a while, but
1: Yeah, and I think I think the Hardys are my favorite. Dudley's and Hardys have accomplished the most, I would say in their generation as far as everything within wrestling, uh, outside the WWE and also within there. Um but and Christian, man, that's also another great tag team. And then, of course, the Mega Powers. I know that was the most ridiculous two guys put together, but that was a big deal when I was like five years old. You know?
0: I mean, it was, that was massive, right? That was, <laughs> it was like the biggest... Demolition,
1: decade. well, one of my favorites. So, same thing with LOD for the... Uh, maybe Road Warriors. Yeah, I'm going to say Road Warriors of all time. Okay. Because I grew up watching
0: yeah. Road Warriors more so than Demolition
1: uh just cuz i lived
0: here and we had basic ass tv uh, <laughs> basic bitch c-
1: cable basically yeah, we, we we
0: can't aff- we can't afford none of that fancy cable wires you talking about we got this damn antenna that sends up to up to the space and then they give us this damn tbs and then we get this wcw <laughs>
1: <a bad>
0: <laughs> which well, is why well, i'm a huge steiner fan like that's why i fucking love the
1: steiners <laughs>
0: Steiner Brothers were just just demolishing people.
1: (laughs) People ask me why I love driving the Buick. I I just love the way it feels, you know? (laughs) Sorry. uh, Anyways. um, But, yeah, all right. That's our show. That's our show, guys. Happy Fourth of July. Tag teams, tag teams. Lots of wrestling news. Put together just an incredible show for you guys. Listen to us on all audio platforms. It doesn't matter if it's downloading platforms like Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes. Just search Wrestling Geeks Alliance. You can do it on Google. Find whatever platform works the best for you. We do this show every week. We usually get it out on Saturday or Sunday. Um, Just any new listeners, thank you for listening. Keep on listening. Don't be a dork. Yeah, I'm threatening you a little bit. I'm making fun of you if you don't like us. So there. That was my promo. Chris! (laughs) say your goodbyes and plug whatever you gotta plug buddy
0: thank you guys so much for listening if you want to talk to me hit me at chris r Patton on twitter if you want to talk to me on facebook christopher.r.patten on facebook and on instagram Patton on instagram so yeah send us like send us your reviews get get on the geek vibes facebook page and yell at us about your favorite tag team what's your favorite tag team do you think the steiner suck tell me the steiner suck i want to i want to hear your thoughts and opinions on this and uh hey montreal is about to catch L, and then we'll have a skates throats podcast up for you next week
1: all right well thank you guys once again if you want to Hang out with me over uh, online, uh, Facebook, Dane Alves. And Dane Alves42 on Twitter. Hit me up. Let's have a conversation. Like Chris said, get on Geek Fives Nation um, on the uh, Facebook message page and put your favorite tag team of all time so we can argue and I can win about who really is the best. But I'm just kidding. I love everyone out there. Happy Fourth of July. RIP to the Patriot, Del Wilkes. And have a wonderful day. Thank you, guys. Peace out and let the Geek Vibes be with you. I got to pay. I'm trying to stop the recording. It's taking forever.